Blog Talk Radio. And relax in this beautiful space that you've created. Stand up. Okay, we're going to expand the energy. You're going to do it the form with your eyes closed. So you internalize the energy completely. So just close your eyes. In order to go out, you got to go within. Tai Chi is my method of doing it. It allows all energy condensed in the very core of your body and as you continue this practice or any of your Tai Chi forms practice with your eyes closed sometimes so you can really internalize it and some marvelous things will happen I won't spoil your experience if you are not sexual you cannot be spiritual because it takes energy to be spiritual it takes energy to meditate. And I'm not talking about alpha relaxation. I'm talking about meditation, dynamic, deep meditation. Learning to rotate your consciousness through the body in certain specific psychic pathways that the tantric traditions have had mastered. And in this way, we open up and enliven ourselves to the possibility of being able to create and be any and everything your potential will allow to be in this lifetime. But I found that this is very effective for developing my sexual energy. And, and when we talk about sexual energy, we aren't talking about making love. We're talking about the natural energy that flows through our body that makes us alive. We put the connotation sexual because that's how we deal with it. But there are many ways of using your sexual energy. Creativity, writing, painting, the martial arts form. Many, many ways. But this will increase your sexual energy for what we call love play. It just takes a little practice to get this current going. Do your breathing and sit the energy going out into the earth that goes into your system. If you really want to communicate, and the only way we as men can really communicate with a woman is opening up a heart chakra on a hot to hear. your first step to learning how to use fudging or anything else. It's developing your sexual energy. You see, the microcosmic orbit is, is for your health. It creates this orbit around the body and goes into the five internal organs. The cobra breath works strictly with the spine. But the yoga that we just built, it, it works through uh, a thrusting channel in Tibetan, I mean uh, in Chinese. Tibetan is called the Uma Channel, right in the center of the body. 
and we say that, well, I don't feel it, you got to develop it. you got to develop the sensitivity of it, because it's there. Just because we don't feel it one or two times, we ignore it uh, uh, or forget it. That's why it takes discipline. And what does discipline mean? You've made a decision to do something. It's complete completion. And when we look at that word completion, nothing is ever complete. Because everything is constantly changing and moving, changing shape, changing energy patterns. So this whole thing that we're doing here, from the physical, the martial arts, into the mental and spiritual things, it's, it's not a three-day wonder. You know, it's your life. And as you exhale, slowly open your eyes, very slowly. Try to stay calm, and it's important for everyone not to panic. I am authorized to assure you that so far there is no reasonable cause for alarm. Listen, do you hear? It's getting closer. We have come to visit you in peace and with goodwill. We work for a highly funded yet unofficial government agency. Our mission is to monitor extraterrestrial activity on Earth. We are the men in black. You know what the difference is between you and me? I make this look good. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? You are now rocking with the best. This is Coach Kyrie of Original Native Radio, and we got the .com for you. So make sure you go on over there and sign up for your free membership. And also our sponsor tonight is RelaxationIsTheKey.com. <clears throat> Tons of information over there. You know, that's the flagship, like the Love Boat or the Starship Enterprise, and I'm Captain Kirk or John Luke Picard. And um, we're just taking y'all on a, on, a, on a starfield journey, you know, doing the best we can, talking about God consciousness through spirituality, sex, money, and relationships because – even though we've been doing a lot of heavenly things and we in touch with a lot of etherical things and big stuff like that, we still have to stay down here on earth, and that's what we're dealing with right now. We want to have better relationships, definitely want to improve upon our sexual nature and our culture, and we want to let all of that result in better wealth, better success, better values, more money. So I welcome all to the show tonight. Thank you all for joining me once again here at Original Native Radio, and I promise you, we will not, <clears throat> excuse me, will not let the momentum down. We had a great show last night with Dr. Nardi from Symptometry. Please check out the download from that show last night. It was awesome. He will be in Greensboro, North Carolina this weekend, April the 14th, uh, for the Symptometry Symposium from 10 a.m., to around 4, 4.30, maybe even 5 o'clock. So that's going to be a wonderful all-day event, getting to know about addictions, root cause therapy, just, you know, really bringing these higher sciences down here and making them really simplistic. Dr. Nardi has shared a lot with us <clears throat> over the past five or six weeks, 
and he's going to be uh, doing some big things in Greensboro, North Carolina this weekend. Um, last night, um, you know, we talked about diets and we talked about uh, health, we talked about spirituality, purpose on the planet. Tonight we're going to get a little more specific on the subject of relationships. Now, you know, Coach Kyrie, when you all hear um, my story, you say, well, look, what this, this, this brother's passionate about the things he's doing. He's always talking about relationships or getting some money or having better sex and keeping it real. Well, that's because I have sat at the feet of some great men and some great women and some great teachers myself. And a lot of um, – I'm – New to this, you know, just opening my mouth and things just being channeled down from me um, because I do respect my lineage and I have, and I've done a lot of reading, a lot of actual hands on experience. And as often as I can, I try to share. My thing is don't hide it, divide it. And because you know what we're here for, right? To put some champagne in your campaign. That's right. So a couple years ago, um, the universe brought me in contact with another light body worker by the name of Yao Morris. That's Y-A-O, Yao Morris. And y'all can just Google him while um, while I'm giving my rendition of how we came about and and, uh, ran into each other. Because there's no strange coincidences in the universe. And... Of course, being on the tantric path, you will run into people who have similar interests, similar skills, similar passions. And this brother is one of the most knowledgeable, passionate brothers I have ran across in my path. And not just knowledgeable about the craft and passionate about it and his art. Uh, Sincere, very sincere, but what most impressed me was the historian aspect of him, how he would always do the research. You know, I'm big. That's how I got started because so many people were, or so many people still are calling themselves this, that, and the third, but they don't do the research or they don't come from a credible um, lineage um, or they don't have the humility to uh, seek out a teacher. They just go into these different zones about, you know, well, I got it figured out. And um, it takes time. It takes research. It takes travel. It takes study. And this brother, um, after hearing his story, not only was it intriguing, but it was also true. And that was the best thing. It was confirmable. And it was also able to measure it, measure it by the results, measure it by the techniques, and Oh, just wonderful experiences. Uh, he is the author of a couple of books. I'm going to let him introduce the second and third and maybe the first one, but one of my favorites, um, and we practice a lot of the tenets out of there with the gender harmonics, is the natural blueprint to relationships. That's right. Nat, write that down. Natural blueprints to relationships. You need that on your shelf. You need that. And... Just some of the information in there about past lives, relationships, and some of the things that he had uncovered during his research with couples, to me, was mind-blowing. 
I mean, some dynamic information to help solve issues that couples were having in their relationships. And for me, um, I grew up in a domestic violent family situation. Uh, my mother and father used to really scrap, really, really, really get down, and I do not want to repeat that. That is one of the cycles that I want to make sure is broken wide open to have a successful, harmonious, orgasmic, bliss-filled relationship. And so that's why I guess you could say I go so hard. And this brother I'm going to bring on tonight, and we're going to have a good conversation with Yael Morris, is definitely a contributor to the fabrics of who Coach Kyer is. So I'm not going to keep on hesitating. What we're going to do is I want y'all to get on y'all feet. And y'all, if you're in the chat room, I want you to uh, just press 1 so I can see you, Bring get ready to bring you on. Um, also tonight, if you want to get in, because this conversation is going to elevate real quick. It's going to get hot fast. Y'all going to have some questions, I'm quite sure. You're going to want to press 1 as well when you call in. That call-in number is 347-205-9089. 347-205-9089. Now, I would also like to ask each of you to go over to relaxationisthekey.com and notice on the front page the flyer for the Romance and Finance, the Romance and Finance event that we're having in Charlotte, North Carolina, April the 22nd. And you say, well, what's romance and finance got to do with y'all or, you know, the other science he's bringing? Because wherever I'm, wherever I'm at, I got a piece of this brother's science with me. He's in my fabric, you know, like the, like the patchwork uh, quilts that we used to have coming up or our grandmas used to make for us, and some still have that craft. But I want you to check out that flyer, romance and finance. And if you're able to get down to Charlotte on the 22nd of April, do by all means get down there because we got some real, real powerful stuff going on with uh, introducing the United States to black power couples. It's needed. Our numbers in divorce are ridiculous. We leading. That's a that's a category we leading in. Killing one another and divorcing one another. And we must do something to change that. We must start loving one another. Must start having more prosperous relationships. And um, especially in the midst of this new craziness that I'm calling is coming down. Steve Harvey is getting ready to release his movie, Thinking Like a Man. Then he says, let the mind games begin. We're going to cover all that tonight. I just want all of you all to be able to see uh, that website. Relaxation is the key. Check out that site. Click on the site. I mean, click on the link above. Go over to blackpowercouples.com. Check out romanceandfinance.com. Get the information and get linked in. You got to tune in to Zoom in. So that's the only way we're going to win. So without further ado, I want you all to get up on your feet. Put your hands together. My big homie, Brother Yao Morris. Yao, your mic is wide open. What's going on tonight? It's all good. Thank you so much. Um, I want to give a, a thank you to Romance and Finance for having me on. <laughs> I like that. Uh, I like that title. I love that. Absolutely, absolutely, because um, as um, we understand, and that's one of the things why I want to bring you on, because as a scientist and an engineer, um, we want to talk about how we can correlate sexual energy, manifestation, magnetism, all that goes better 
with the correct relationship, the correct the uh, the correct polarities, and putting the batteries in the flashlight the right way, so to speak. Also, Napoleon Hill in um, Think and Grow Rich in the Sexual Alchemy, he talked about power couples. He didn't call them power couples, but you know he mentioned it and how successful um, couples would be once they start tapping into this. But I know you've done the research and found that. Um, We've got some hindrances. We've got some. We've got some speed bumps in the road between where we're at now, and where we want to go. So, if you could give me a little background. Let's say we got somebody, a Martian, just came down to the planet Earth and was like, "Yeah, Mars. Who is he?" So, can you give them a little background about yourself, where you come from, and how you got on this path? Why it's important to you? And what are some of the modalities and sciences that um, that you discovered and say, "Hey, man, this is so big. I gotta just, I gotta bring it to the world." Can you give us a brief on that? Real quick, when I was a teenager, I felt a call to try to discover my roots and my ancestors back in Africa. And so, one of my goals in high school was to find a way to get to Africa. And in college, I made my first trip over there. And that kind of opened some stuff up to me because it wasn't what I expected. Uh, everybody had told me, don't go, don't go, don't go. It's, it's, you know, everybody's barbaric over there and this and the other. And I got over there and found out they had a whole bunch of culture over there that, wow, I was impressed. Later on, you know, I did my studying about indigenous cultures and this, that, and the other and whatever. And, you know, the next thing that happened to me was I started noticing that there's all kinds of uh, – sciences that we're not taught in school. I call them natural sciences. And my journey began in the 80s when I just got the urge to start writing stuff down that I saw in relationships. And so I started making notes and writing stuff down and observing stuff and talking to people and interviewing people. And after a while, I had a whole bunch of notes. Then in the 90s, a a really major event in my life was called the Amamra Project. And so I was led, I guess that's the best way to put it, to quite a few people who had been archiving uh, indigenous-type information. Uh, and these people were like what are called medicine people, shaman, uh, midwives, um, people who were like... Um, uh, uh, shamanistic but not shamans, people who had been holding in their families information for, some, in some cases, two or three centuries. And I really want to start out by saying, you know, I, I'm very thankful that I stand on the shoulders of some people who went through a lot of trouble and made a lot of sacrifice to hold on to this information so that we could have access to it. For seven years, I did this project. <clears throat> I mean, I was working part-time traveling, and I would sit down with these people and just take notes and ask them questions and write down everything that I could. I was supposed to do it for six months. It ended up lasting seven years. And uh, in 1996, I wrote the book, Amamra, which is the report of that project. So I focused it more on relationships and sexual kind of stuff, but there was a lot of other stuff in there. Health took a big part of it. And some of the sciences that really I became um, immersed in are iridology, which is uh, how the eye can tell you what's going on in the body. 
genital reflexology, which I kept running into over and over again, which is the reflex maps in the genital area and how they correspond to the energy movements in the rest of the body. Another science that I discovered was called second puberty. And basically it's part of a bigger branch of science, which really most people know it as rites of passage. And what it is is it talks about what we're supposed to do every seven years, how the human being goes through these changes, and how that affects us. So <clears throat> one of the things that came up real quick was that I used to think you go through puberty and that was that. But what they used to teach me is that every time you, you're supposed to go through one of these things, if you don't do it right, you can do the whole Sankofa piece, go back and fetch it. In other words, you, the, the part in your DNA that uh, houses this stuff that you activate during these rites is never lost. Therefore, you can always go back to any phase of your life and redo it. So the second puberty piece was a secret science of how to go back, bring up the whole puberty piece again, and correct what was wrong. A third science that I came across back in the 90s, actually back going back into the 80s, is most people know it as Tantra. But I began to receive uh, information from several different Tantra systems, and I was surprised. I always associated Tantra with India and China and Thailand, but I discovered that not only was there Asian versions of it that were different, some of them were more philosophical than others, but I understand that one of the most powerful systems in the world was in Native, in Native America, right here in North America. I also discovered major systems in South America and in Africa, and although they were in disrepair and a lot of the information was lost, I began in the early 90s to go back and through a process of contacting ancestors who used to practice it when they were alive, uh, contacting elementals, contacting uh, other people who had also made the same type of discoveries, and I started piecing these Tantra systems together. And the Tantra basically is just talking about how you add an element to your sexual life dealing with the energy side of it so that you're not just dealing with sex like in a physical thing, but you're dealing with that energy component of the creative force, what some people call the kundalini, but really that's different aspects of it. So those are the sciences that I used. All right, all right, all right. So um, now, uh, one of the things that I find so interesting about your story was how were you traveling? How were you traveling? Can you just give them real quick about the... Um, the Merchant Marine. I, to me, that's yeah. to me that's like such a wonderful because I let women love Paul Robeson's and men love Paul Robeson's store uh, type men. And you know, I have a lot of young listeners, you know, just graduating college and they want to see the world. Well, I think your your way of seeing the world was one of the most ingenious ways. Not only did you you know, get paid, you know, you traveled and you had some, I'm, I'm not going to tell you a story. You tell us a little bit about the, uh, about the uh, early traveling experiences uh, you, on the water. Well, when I was in college, I went to a college for the purpose of going to Africa. It was the United States Merchant Marine Academy. And uh, they offer you a year of training at sea on merchant ships. So uh, in my sophomore year, I took six months traveling around the world on merchant ships. And my first trip was three months in Africa. And after that, I traveled to different places. And it seemed like, even though I didn't know it then, I was a young college guy, 
um, it seemed like I just kept running into indigenous cultural people. And, you know, I would sit there looking at them, talking to them, this, that, and the other. So in the 90s, you know, many years later, I took the same tack. I left my job, and, and there's a whole story behind that because basically I didn't leave it. I was forced to job. My, I had a business, and it, and it was through a very great tragedy. I lost my business, lost my girlfriend, and I was injured, and I was in the hospital and all this, that, and the other. And, and so I just decided rather than try to build my business back again, I got into the Merchant Marines, and I started traveling by ship again. So that's how I did some of it. And then sometimes I would earn money, and I would take the trip. So part of it, I was able to travel with the Merchant Marines. Unfortunately, you don't have a lot of time off to do a lot of the stuff that you want to do. But then with the money that I'd made and with the travel papers I had, I'd go back and travel again. And some of the people came to the United States. It was weird. It's like uh, I'd be sitting there drawn to a paper or magazine or a person or a conference, and boom, they would just pop up. And I would know that I needed to talk to that person. And next thing you know, both of us was in the same room. So it was like it was a great thing. So I loved traveling back then, and uh, that was before all the terrorist stuff and all that kind of stuff was happening. So it was a lot easier to do. And I just had phenomenal experiences where I just found myself in weird places. I did all kinds of initiations and stuff like that where I was all up in the bush. I mean, really, it was almost like a National Geographic thing. You know, you, I would find myself up in the bush, you know, where you couldn't drive up there, and, and I'd be surrounded by all of these people, and <laughs> half of them couldn't speak English, and you would just, stuff would just be breaking for me. So I just loved it. Lovely, 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 lovely. I'm glad you also talked about the uh, seven-year cycles. And, I'm, you know, I love natural – okay, I'm trying to remember what I was going to say, but and I'm going to come right back to that. So please tell me and give the people a brief on what led you to write Natural Blueprint to Relationships. When I finished the, the, the Amamra Project in 1996, I had over 2,000 pages of notes. I didn't know what to do with them. So I first wrote the book of Marmara, which was about 360-some pages, and I was like, I had all of this stuff left over. And then I began to try to practice it, which was a little more, a little harder to do. In other words, I had learned a lot, a lot of stuff, but there's a difference between learning stuff, researching stuff, and actually doing it. So, you know, back in the 90s when I was when I learned one of these cultures, I would go and try to become initiated into their mystery system. And so after I did a marmor, I said, okay, I need to do the same thing with the Tantra, Second Puberty, Jennifer Reflexology, all that stuff. So I was like, um, how am I going to do that? And then so I just tried to find women that I could, you know, work with, and we just started trying to do the stuff. And so... Um, it was it was it was a challenge <laughs> to say the least because at first I was trying to be secretive about it. I didn't really share with the ladies that I was dealing with exactly what I was doing. I would just give them little hints here and there, but after a while they would figure out something else was going on, and I would share a little bit more with them and whatever. But um, I just began to try to do these different systems to try to actually make it happen to try to to do this stuff. And I, I can tell you that 
I was told some pretty phenomenal stuff was possible. I mean, back in the early 90s, I remember them telling me that you could do all this orgasmic stuff and you could do all this healing stuff and you could do all of this, you know, other what people would consider to be supernatural kind of things. And I would be like, really? <laughs> I don't know. And and when I first tried to do a lot of the stuff, it didn't work. At least I didn't think it did. And I remember distinctly breakthroughs that I had where, you know, women would start to react differently to me. And then the next morning, they would wake up and say, you know, this happened to me, uh, and I knew that you had something to do with it, you know. And they would say, and so I would say to myself, wow, I'm actually doing it, you know. So uh, I owe another letter of thanks to a lot of these women that I dealt with back in the day who, after we got into it, they kind of helped me do the research. And also some of the women, you know, even possessed ancestors for me so that I could speak to them which helped me get a lot of the information also. But um, it was just this kind of thing where I was just basically uh, recreating these Tantra systems out of, out of, out of, you know, out of the scratch. In other words, people had given me information about it, and I pieced it together, and then when I got it all written down, then I had to go back and try to do it and actually make it work and try to figure out the missing pieces to it. And as I was doing it, I learned it. And I actually started doing it. Mm. it lovely, lovely, because it, cause it's got to have some practical application in it. Now, that is one of the foundational, well, it was one of my biggest introductory pieces to the gender harmonics. Can you uh, briefly give them an explanation of that, and then I'm going to ask you a real good question. Well, the the one thing that, that's like an overriding, overarching theme throughout all of this stuff, <clears throat> a primary science is basically going back to the DNA and how it connects to your spirit, to your energetic auric field. And so in all of these sciences and all of this stuff, indigenous and no, what was said was that the human spirit is immaculate and superior, supreme, and that basically a lot of the stuff that you think you got to deal with, you don't have to deal with. The main thing is you are born with a particular vibration, your DNA vibration, and that as we grow older, we move away from that DNA vibration. We develop what is called a counterfeit persona, a counterfeit spirit, a counterfeit vibration. And so a lot of the work, what we call harmonics, is basically just relearning or reacquiring your original vibration. Now, people, you know, they hear the word vibration, this, that, and the other. What, what are we talking about? It's just like if you have a big old generator, one of those big giant generators that produce electricity, and you're, you're operating it, which I used to do, you have to get it uh, to, to maintain a certain vibration. The, the cylinders have to fire at a certain particular sequence, and when you get to a certain speed, a certain harmonic speed, it develops this resonance, and, and the thing just runs so much better. And we're the same way. When, when we find that we start to return to the vibration that's right for us, our body functions differently, and we are able to, to uh, manage energy and generate energy in a way that's much more powerful than our normal life. So the, 
that that harmonic thing is saying that as 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 as, as vessels, as engines, as machines, as living machines, if you want to say it, there's a way that we're supposed to operate. And basically, the key to that is to understand the vibration that you were born with and trying to go back to that and what stops you from doing that. Because you can raise the kundalini, and I used to try to do it. I used to do these exercises to raise my kundalini up and all this kind of stuff like that and try to raise my chi up and all like that, and not that much really happened. But when I discovered that what was happening is the energy is like leaking because you have all of these false beliefs, you have all of these things that you're doing dietary-wise, um, exercise-wise, that are not really in harmony with you, and that as soon as you get your vibration back to the right vibration, then you can raise your kundalini so much easier. It doesn't leak out. It stays. You have you have good use of it, and you can project your energy out of your body. So one of the things is that, you know, I learned that men have to be men. They have to have a masculine energy. It's just like a radio tower. So if, if you... If you have a cell phone tower or a, a TV station antenna, you know, the big radio antenna or a radio signal, it's broadcasting on a particular frequency, and as long as you tune into that frequency, you can get that signal. So masculine energy is the same way. It broadcasts, and when it broadcasts, it causes uh, things that, that, it, that, it, that it transmits to, to to react. So... When a man is at his original energy and he's broadcasting that original energy, then he affects women, he draws women to him in a certain way. And then when he projects his kundalini energy out, you find that he can either heal the woman or he can give her pleasure. Mm. Can he do both? Can he heal her and give her pleasure simultaneously? When you, you look at these sciences, genital reflexology, second puberty, and tantra, <clears throat> they are designed to give pleasure. But what they also knew is that most people aren't really ready for that. They're not really ready for that because they don't have the right attitude toward the opposite sex. There's mistrust. There's negative experiences. And we don't really know how we're supposed to go in. We're kind of suspicious. We're kind of cynical. We don't have our body correct, and we're not really looking at it the right way. So what they say is, okay, yeah, these things are designed to give pleasure primarily, but before you can really give the pleasure to most of the women of all races that I've encountered, you first have to do a little bit of healing. So I think that these things were not primarily designed for healing, but they're primarily used for healing more than anything else because most of the people today are so broke. So in mm. my practices, you know, I do probably more than 50% healing and then less than 50% pleasure. I would like to just be dealing with the pleasure side of it, but the reality is that people are broke and they got to be fixed first. So you can teach the Tantra. You can teach the genital reflexology. And you you can teach people how to do this pleasure side of it. But what's the point if they're not at a place, they're not capable, they don't have the facilities to actually implement it, to actually execute it? So you have to teach the, the, the healing side so they can get to the pleasure side. So did, So that's almost like saying 
why am I putting this big old motor in this car and it's got four flat tires? Exactly. So, so we got, and you said you would, you would love to be working under the hood, but the uh, the automobile doesn't even, um, you know, which is made in the first place to move about. But with four flat tires, it doesn't matter whether you got um, a 500 horsepower motor up under there or two hamsters running in a wheel, it's not going to move, right? Exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, all right. All and right. This, is, this, now, is, this is where. Go ahead. No, 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 go ahead. Now, I'm saying this is where most men find themselves today. I mean,. Um, you know, people have this thing where they're saying, you know, that that black men have all this good equipment, and and but I don't really care if you're Asian, Native American, white, black. If you've got good equipment, you've got good equipment, okay. Or if you're a woman, whatever. But a lot of people today started out. You know, I know I started out with good equipment when I was in my twenties. You know, I could get an erection. That thing would be so hard that um, you know you could almost break break bricks with it. But as you get older, it doesn't work right. Uh, if you don't eat right, if you don't have your energy right, if you're, like, mad at women all the time, it don't work right. And so I saw, you know, my peers and myself, you know, that, that they had all of these sexual issues. And it's like, okay, what's the point of it? What's the point of teaching Tantra and all this stuff like that if we, and we start out with this good equipment, but in a matter of a few years, it doesn't work right anymore. It's just like a car and you're not doing the maintenance on it. You're not replacing the stuff they tell you to replace. You're not changing the oil. You're not doing what you got to do. So, yes, absolutely. You've got to um, find mechanisms where people can heal and evolve quickly. So if they haven't gone through the seven-year cycle uh, and they've changed every seven years according to the natural cycle, you have got to go back and fix the things that's held them up. Held them up. So if at seven they didn't do something and they had a bad experience, then you've got to fix that in their subconscious mind. If if at if during puberty stuff happened and they didn't really get everything they're supposed to get at puberty, you got to go back and reprogram. If during their young adult years they didn't do the things that people are supposed to do during that seven year period of time, you got to go back and fix that. And and so you know all of this changes your energy, your vibration. And one of the things that, that's very important for men is that you've got to, you know, you've got to go back and reestablish your masculine energy. So you you try you 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 have it. It's there. It's not like it's gone. It's not like you've got to go to a store and buy it. It's inside of you, dormant. And so the process, the two the two stage process is number one, removing the obstructions that keep it from expressing itself. And number two, learning how to project your vibration out. In other words, you've got to go back and take away the obstructions. And what we call this process is called second puberty, where you say, okay, you wake up this faculty in the DNA, and what this faculty does, this is what caused you to have puberty the first time. So we say, well, why do people have puberty? Well, it don't just accidentally happen. When you're born, you don't have your full DNA. You've got parts of it. But the part of you that we call the house of the man, so to speak, the masculine part, you know, a two-year-old doesn't have that. At some point in time, the master masculine faculty wakes up, and it says, okay, it's time for this person, this boy, 
to bring on his man attributes, his, the things that separate you from a woman, the gender stuff. And it begins to do that. But, of course, we screw it up. And we don't do the rites of passage and all this other stuff, and it, and it doesn't become fully active. So it's like a computer system where half the applications haven't been loaded on your PC yet. You've got to load mm. the rest of those applications. And if you don't load the rest of those applications, you've got an operating system, you've got DOS, or you've got Windows, but you don't have no applications that you can run. And so basically, second puberty is like going back, removing the corrupt programs, the viruses and the worms, and loading the stuff that was already there. It's there. You got the disk. You were born with the disk, and then you're taking that disk, sticking it in there, and loading it down so you can use that program. That's really what we're talking about here. And then what happens is the man finds out all of that internal stuff that he really needs to be what some people consider to be a superman, but really he's just really a normal man, and that's what a normal man is supposed to do. So once you load that stuff and you get this stuff working, then you, that's when you get to the tantra piece where we teach you, you know, how to actually use that stuff. Exactly, exactly. Now, this was the big question that I've been sitting on. You don't hit me about, about I, my mind is over here ticking and I want to get my listeners, you know, this information. But this is something that I, with my clients, um, you know, I do consultations as well. You know, we've done some work together in the past. We're going to have to tell them about the Greensboro story in a second. But we're gonna work them up to that. We're not gonna, we're not gonna get them. We're not gonna rush them up on it. We're gonna tell them about that in a second. But a lot of things that I realize in relationships, and I'm and I'm glad that now I have a term to to look at it is like you said earlier. If you miss these stages, you could get caught at a particular level. You know what I mean? And so you may have a 35 or 45 year old individual, male or female, or 25 year old, whatever still operating in their relationships because of no rites of passage or they didn't, you know what I'm saying, uh, download the program right, they're still operating at a very immature level in their relationships. And I call it the 10th grade status. I said, quit acting like a sophomore. They say, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm not a sophomore. I'm getting my master's degree. I say, yeah, but you're treating your relationship like you're in the 10th grade. And it, and it saddens me to see grown women, it really saddens me to see grown men still having the same 10th grade uh, uh, connotations and 10th grade behavior and reactions, especially reactions. Oh, my God. Something happened in a relationship and they act like, you know, they respond like they're in high school. Um, can you Can you speak on that for a second about how a lot of people – you know, the development has not happened in the relationship maturity. You know, they got enough credit to buy a new house. They got enough, you know, knowledge to go get a bachelor's or a master's degree or, or some type of job to support their family. They got, you know, they know enough to go um, get payments on a car and, and know what health care is important, but they haven't downloaded the program for the relationship maturity. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm sent to, to me, this phrase of second puberty has a lot to do with that. Can you build on that for me, y'all? Well, if you're going to work for a big corporation, you need a college education and you need some experience. And, you know, so people go to college for four years and study intensely. 
you know, you got to get the math and you got to get this and whatever discipline that you're going to get to your degree. And if it's business, you're going to study business. You're going to study case studies, and you're going to get the ability to be able to analyze that business and to be able to to understand the markets and, and whatever theories and paradigms operate in that field. So in relationships, basically, <laughs> we're just like you know, kids. We, we we're not we nobody's teaching us that. We, we're just like operating in the blind. And it's exactly like you say, a lot of us get all the wrong stuff during puberty. And so you, you get men who, during puberty, you know, during their teen years, they establish these patterns of behavior that are dysfunctional. Some of them, they think that they've got to screw everything in a skirt. Uh, some of them, they're afraid of rejection. Some of them, they're sexually, they never sexually get get their feet on the ground, and no one's taught them how to be sexually proficient, and so they hit or miss, and so they get this thing where, okay, I'm only going to deal with women that are needy because that way they're not going to criticize me for my, my missteps. But the reality is most men, including myself, you know, when I became an adult, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I didn't know how to read the signals of a woman. Nobody told me what being a man was all about, what my responsibilities were, what the archetypes of masculinity were, and what they how they fit. So, you know, you've got these four archetypes of masculine energy, the, what they call the house of the man. And, and martial arts is big on teaching that, where you're dealing with the, the hunter who his thing is he will provide for others even if, he's all, even if he has to give up his own. You've got the healer, which which can heal a woman and also can give women pleasure. You've got the ego who's left brain and can see plans and, and make things happen. He's like a he can get out there and do stuff. And you've got the warrior and, and most of us kinda of have an idea of what that guy's are like. So we have these archetypes of masculine energy and these are the things that you use in your relationships with the woman to get the job done. So the woman's got her four archetypes and so the man he's got his archetypes and the woman's got her archetypes, and they operate, they, they revolve around the different brain hemispheres, left brain or right brain. And so between the two of them, they can get the job done. And these jobs are community, dealing with a community. These jobs are the warrior, defending stuff, you know, uh, engaging stuff. These jobs are getting money and providing resources. These jobs are looking at the big picture, having a worldview, and not being caught off guard when, when the environment changes. So the man has these jobs, and he, he has, he's, he's really one half of this partnership, and he's got to bring his energy and his knowledge to the table. And then the woman brings her stuff to the table. The two of them put their stuff together, and they can get this job of working in a community, raising a family, getting monies, and, and and not letting society, like, throw them off. So <clears throat> nobody is teaching it. So the man doesn't know. I mean, and, and so he gets into the relationship, and basically people come into the relationship, and they're just, like, stumbling, trying to figure out how do we get along and how do we do this and how do we do that. And it's basically like an ego-driven thing, and you bring all of these issues that you had in puberty to the table. No wonder it fails. So, I mean, uh, you, the, the men have to be taught, I think, these energies. They have to be taught this whole concept of the house of the man that the reason you have two sexes is because there's too much stuff for one person to do well. So the stuff that the woman doesn't do well, the man does well. And so the man has to learn 
to rely on the woman for the stuff that she does well, get out of her way. Give her what she needs to do her job. Um, same thing. Women have a real issue sometimes, you know. The man, he, he's supposed to take charge sometimes. He's supposed to get out there, you know, and, 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 and knock obstructions down, break through doors that he's got to, or he's got to look and see, how do I really protect the family? It's not really a matter all the time of just fighting. It's a matter of legal stuff, financial stuff, emotional stuff. So the man's got to have that concept that I'm in charge of this side of it. And and so and when he's in charge of that side of it, the woman's got to get out of his darn way. And he's got to know, he's got to be confident enough knowing that this is his role to say, look, woman, get out of my way and let me do my job. And, you, you know, but a lot of brothers don't really know what they're supposed to be doing. So the woman comes up and says, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And she doesn't really know. And so she's doing part of his role, he's doing part of her role, and neither one of them really knows how to get out of the other one's way. Now, do you think, well, first off, before I ask that, I know you had the experience to answer that question. You did go into the house of the men, and the ladies, my, my, my ladies on this show, they were writing things down, and they wrote another section and said the house of the women, and you named the four roles about the men, but you didn't tell them about the uh, females. So before, you know, men, you can run our miles, and we know that. We'll be on the whole other galaxy. So before we leave this particular area or move on to the next one and progress, can you give the ladies the house of the woman and those attributes and what they look like? Yes. The four archetypes of feminine energy, the first one is called the moon, and it's basically the maternal instinct. It's a nurturing instinct. It's the energy that allows things to grow. So it's basically represented by an egg. And what is an egg? An egg is the ideal environment for something that's brand new in the world to be able to nurture and grow and become what it needs to become, like a plant sprouting through the earth. So she has this moon energy, this maternal energy. The second one, we call it the elegant rose, and this is pleasure. And, and it's more than just the ability to give pleasure and receive pleasure. It's how to channel that kundalini to make what you need in your life come true. So you, your pleasure, you make sure that you attach pleasure to the things that are good for you, that help you with your vibration, so that you don't just go out and experience pleasure for the point of experiencing pleasure. You experience pleasure as, a, as like a driving force, as like a generator to make your life fruitful, prosperous, and happy and harmonious. So, you know, that's the second one. And, and, the, and this energy causes her to look good, causes her to attract prosperity to her, and it causes everything to be uh, beautiful and have the right form. And this is one of the energies that are powering the arts and the creative things and stuff like that. Then we have something called the seated heart. And the archetype of that is like the queen bee. So the queen bee is sitting in the, in the colony of bees. She don't even have to move. She gets all the other bees to do what she needs for them to do. So she's sitting there operating at a distance through chemicals and vibrations and stuff. So she gets all the male bees to do her work. She never moves, and that's the queen bee thing. So a woman has this right brain intuitive faculty that allows her to get other people to do what she needs to do, and she doesn't have to go out into the world to do it. Then you have this faculty called the treasure chest. And this treasure chest and the elegant rose combine to attract money, prosperity, style, 
uh, you want to have a big house on the hill, you want to have a certain position in the community, how does one group of people interact with another group of people, this treasure chest faculty. So she's got four um, uh, elements, four archetypes in the house of the woman. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, and and you might have probably, you know, you did just briefly touch on it and say when people don't know these archetypes, these elements, because we do not, and and going all the way back to um, just a little ways, Elijah Muhammad said we had, we've had no education about relationships whatsoever, sexual behavior, none of that. We know how to work to the bone. Boy, we know how to get up at from 9 to 5 or whatever the hours are, but we haven't had the education, you know. And um, uh, one of my favorite authors, Shaharazad Ali, uh, brought up a, a, a subject about coming out of slavery. One of the most taboo t- topics that's not talked about is how men were traumatized because they were also raped, you know, by the slave master. The slave master had a lot of homosexual uh, 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 aspects with him as well. He, he wasn't just raping the uh, the black uh, mama. He was raping the black daddy as well and the young boys, you know, to break their spirits. And we've had no time. We've had no set of, no set aside time since the 1700s, 1800s, and 1900s to say stop. Let's let's take a generation to educate us to recoup, to see what these damages have caused to um, actually put some put, put, put some stoppers in for the, for the wrong type of behavior and implement the correct type of behavior. Can you talk about briefly the dangers that we have faced and we experience them because we can look at the divorce numbers since we don't know these archetypes and, and lack the education and relationship, and what dangers do we face moving forward? Um, what, what, what dangers does today's black power couple face if they do not immediately get these archetypes into their life soon? First and foremost, you know, people who have power and money or dangerous if they don't know how to use it properly. Because in, in this world today, whether you're black, white, purple, rich or poor, it's about power and money. And that's where people's minds are focused. And once people get the power and money, then they basically feel they have a right to hurt and oppress other people. And and this is not, you know, white people have no monopoly on this. Everybody when they get power and money, they do it. So let's take this down to a man-woman level. So if a man decides that he wants pleasure, he sees an attractive woman, and he's like coercing her or he pushes her or he, you know, fixes it so that she can't really get what she wants unless she gives him what he wants, and it's not like a, a, a thing where it's um, consensual, then we have this situation where we traumatize each other. And I remember when I was a teenager, very attractive women used to tease you. You know, you'd go out with them and take them out and spend all your money, and you try very hard to please them and try to get into a relationship. And then at the last minute, they're like, no, you, 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 don't, you, you, know, you don't measure up. Get out of my face. And men, they, they'll go out here and they'll tell the woman, you know, well, come on out, I'll take you for a ride out to this place. And then the next thing you know, he's ripping off half her clothes. And so... 
what we understand is that when you get power and you have desires, then the next thing you want to do is force force the issue, and you don't care what the damage that does to the other person. But it comes full circle eventually. And what we realize is that the same power that can damage a woman can heal her. In other words, that same shaft that can penetrate and ravage her, that same shaft can heal that, that issue. And so one man will come along and mess it up, mess up the womb, mess up the vagina, mess up the brain, and the next man has got to come along and fix that. Same thing. A lot of brothers out here today are suffering from economic deprivation. So they just don't have the power. They don't, they're not validated. They're walking around here poor in poverty. They don't have the self-esteem because nobody really is telling them that there's any chance that they can possibly get out of that, especially if they end up going to jail for a couple of years or they flunk out of college or they, um, they you know, uh, have any kind of an experience where the woman is pregnant and they can't take care of the baby. These things are traumatizing to the man. And then what happens is many of them, too many of them, they end up traumatizing the woman as a consequence of that. And the same thing, when women become powerful, when they're beautiful, when they're when they know that you know they've got good job and whatever, they don't have a problem, you know, jacking a brother up emotionally. And sometimes you can do as much damage slapping somebody. You can do even more damage emotionally by invalidating people, you know, and making people feel small and belittled. So I mean, we 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 have to look at these things and say, well, that's the way the world is. Uh, my brother went over to Vietnam. He came back traumatized from war. Uh, people who go to jail, people who are living in crime-ridden neighborhoods who are forced, some of them, to sell drugs or things like that, and then when they change out of that, the credit's messed up, this is messed up, and, and they're traumatized. So we have to understand that most of the people we're going to deal, we're dealing with are bringing some negative trauma to the table. And a lot of men, they can't complain because the first thing the woman does is say, my hurt is bigger. She she will not uh, listen to him, and after a while they stop talking because the first thing she says is, no matter what he says, my pain is bigger than your pain. So the woman is always saying, my hurt is bigger than your hurt. Your hurt is irrelevant because I have a hurt. And so after a while, men just don't talk. They break away. They they push the hurt down inside deeper, and it's just like germs and stuff. You know, instead of getting rid of it and curing it, it festers and becomes worse. you got a lot of brothers walking around here today and a lot of men of all races who are basically damaged goods. They're walking around traumatized because they don't want to talk about their problem. The woman doesn't want to hear it. You know, if they don't have the money, they don't have the car, they don't have a nice place to live, they don't want to admit it. They don't want to tell the truth. So they start the sixth cycle of lying, which goes against their natal energy, their DNA. The DNA does not lie. And so when you lie, you have to get into your left brain. So he starts cycles like that. He starts telling something that's not true. And what we talk about it is in the martial arts term is a man who refuses to stand up straight or a woman who refuses to stand up straight. And they start this cycle as a matter of what they think is coping mechanism or it's a survival mechanism, but after a while it becomes a part of their personality. So we have people who get power, whatever, by any means necessary, 
and then they use it to abuse the opposite sex. Mm. And so what you're saying is that n- neither sex has a dominion over that. So it's not that the men misuse it all the time and the women are innocent, and it's not that the women use it all the time and the men are innocent. Both of them uh, are going through the same thing. I say it's equal. I say, in fact, even maybe in this day and age, women are a little bit more abusive than men. But the reality is a lot of times we just we become that way and we just figure I'm going to get them before they get me kind of thing because they don't know that there are healing modalities out here where you can fix it. So I I can tell you, man, when men have learned some of this stuff, and some of these guys were players and some of these guys weren't, but I've seen a couple of players, man, who after they learned this stuff and they realized that they could heal a woman, they stopped. They stopped the foolishness because they were like, okay, I don't really need to do that no more. And I get more of a, a, a high or more of a feeling of good, a, a good feeling of, of whatever, from knowing that okay, this person is beholden to me because I, you know, I took some of this pain away from her. A lot of guys just don't think like that because nobody ever told them. A lot of women, you know, they think I got to look right, I got to get my money right, and as long as I got those those two things, the brother you just got to step to me the way I want him to, or don't step to me at all. But when women learn that they don't have to really resort to that kind of primitive kind of, you know, raw kind of social interaction, they choose a different path. And they're like, okay, all right, I can, I can, you know, I, I'm not going to let this brother walk over me, but at the same time, I can also be a little bit more healing. I can be a little bit more validating. I can be a little bit more generous, and I'm going to get a better result from the brother. Now, we're still talking the minority, of course, most people are still in that whole, you know, <laughs> if I got it, you know, you better watch out. And uh, if I look good, you better do what I want you to do or you won't get none, you know. Or I've got all the money and i got a big car and i got a nice house. And if you don't, if, if the woman don't come exactly the way I want her to come, don't even show up. So, I mean, we still got that heavy thing happening out here. But, you know, the, the programs that I've come up that, that we've created, are about transition, transitioning out of where most people are into the select group of people, you know, that's rolling a different way. And so it's not just a matter of, yeah, I'm not trying to hurt people anymore. It's a matter of, look, I'm sexually operating at a whole nother plane. You know, I'm giving women 20-minute orgasms, and, you know, I'm healing, I'm making them eject fibroids, I'm healing their wombs, and so I'm rolling I'm rolling like the big dog now, for real, not just, I'm not just saying stuff, I'm actually able to do it. And so and you get women out here, it's like, wow, I can lose 50 pounds with no diet. I'm out here, you know, healing brothers. I'm out here, you know, uh, taking brothers who have erectile issues, and boom, in a couple of months, they don't got them no more. You know, ladies just sent me, um, uh, one of the ladies who graduated from the program sent me a couple of uh, testimonials where, you know, she, you know, she went back to her old boyfriend, and he, you know, he just wasn't able to, to get it up for her anymore. And for half the women he's dealing with because he just didn't have a good feeling about them. Plus, he had all the stress in his life. You know, he didn't have a place to live. 
uh, he, he did he had he was, had a job, but he wasn't making enough to really pay the kind of rent that the city demanded. So you know he was just feeling like whatever. So when she stopped trying to fight with him, and she just did the energy work on him, the next thing you know, within two weeks, the brother was back to the way he was when he was eighteen. And so he didn't know how she did it, but the first thing that happened was he's like, wow, first of all, she thought enough of me to heal me like that. Then number two, he's like, the next thing that comes into his mind is, okay, i got to step up my game. If she's coming at me like this now, i got to come back at her in, in, a, in a more elevated kind of a way. And uh, it's a beautiful thing to see that. And that's that's what we've got since we've been accelerated this program and we've got it. In six weeks, people can make that kind of a transition, and that's where the program, the Grand Trine program, comes in. Oh, well, and thank you for that lovely transition. Let us, do you want to talk about how second puberty leads into the Grand Trine program, or when you describe the Grand Trine program, are you going to cover that too? There's three basic uh, sciences in the Grand Trine program. One of them is second puberty, one is genital reflexology, one is tantra. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, and so, nice, nice combination. Please continue. Right. So the, the program basically is divided into six weeks. So in the first week, we do a, a, what we call an adjustment that's called returning to the original self. And basically, it's a program that allows you to go back not completely, but to start the process of returning to your original vibration. At the same time, it's also we have a special CD that people listen to, a special meditation that allows you to balance your left and right brain and rapidly change your subconscious programming. So you don't have to do it. It's done for you automatically while you're sleeping. So then the second week of the program deals with the physical body. And what we do there is the main thing that we're dealing with is the brain, the, um, the the sexual organs and the the colon and the hormones and, and, and amino acid stuff. So we're trying to get the body ready for this energy work. The, the third week we deal with genital reflexology, the fourth week second puberty, the fifth week tantra, et cetera, et cetera. So when, when we're going through these stages, we're like building this foundation where we're basically saying, okay, uh, we need to go back and repair some stuff, we need to change some programming so that you can do this energy work. And then we start teaching you the energy work and teaching you these techniques and showing you how to generate this energy. And we continue on constantly taking away the bad stuff and putting in new good stuff and teaching you these techniques. And as you do, you're, you're able to, you find yourself able to do stuff on a different level. So the, the, there's two phases to the program. One is really removing psychic toxins, physical toxins, and emotional toxins, and then replacing them with original equipment, original energy, original techniques that allow you to use that original energy, and stuff that's like allows you to project your energy out, stuff that allows you to bring your four archetypes online. And in a six-week class, you're not going to, you know, do... um, Everything You're not even going to do most of the things that you need to do. You're only going to begin the repairing process. You're not going to finish it. But you begin to start to bring some of these 
elements, these male archetypes, female archetypes online, you begin to repair your genital, uh, in other words, your reproductive health. You begin to increase your kundalini output and learn how to manage it. And you begin these these key processes that we call the grand trine, the, the grand three, so that at the end of the six weeks, you basically have started on a path. You haven't finished, and you've basically got the, the, just the basics of these, these, these three sciences. You've made some physical changes. Uh, most people who take the thing, like, like we've had, <clears throat> out of all the women who've taken the class since last summer, approximately 55 to 60% of them had either major fibroid ejections or either they had major PMS improvement. But something happened in their womb area that changed so that they, they had a better situation. Same thing with the men. Usually, they usually uh, do some major healing on the prostate, the testes. Usually, most men have a lot of testosterone that's bound up, locked up, you know, the sex-binding hormone globules, those things, all that stuff going on, the estradiol that you get from the wrong diet, you know, the female-like hormones. So we get some of that stuff out of there and whatever, and change some of that stuff. And what we find is that the energy changes you as much as the physical stuff. In other words, you do this physical stuff to change, but the energetic stuff changes the physical body even more so that you can do this tantra and do this genital reflexology and stuff. So the program is basically going in there and it's changing you fundamentally at a vibrational level. Then the other side of the program we're teaching you these techniques. Now, here's the breakthrough on it. The breakthrough occurred when I started matching up <clears throat> this process of changing the brain dendrite patterns and the subconscious mind. Before, hey, pause right there. Pause right there. So let's say I got my 18-year-old freshman, male or female, who we want to make sure we got on the right path. They don't know what the word dendrite means. So give it to me where that 18-year-old can understand it and somebody my age can get it at the same time. What is the dendrite? Well, the, the word dendrite means, it's like, I think it's like it's, it's descended from a Greek word that means tree. And what it's talking about is the neuron pathways in the brain. So a dendrite might be 10,000 neurons connected in a particular sequence to accomplish a particular thing in the body. So the mind has wow. something in it, and then it sends it to the brain, and the subconscious program develops these patterns. So let's say the first time you tie your shoelaces as a child, it's not a dendrite pattern. It's just a series of thoughts. So you have to figure out how to do it, and it's hard. Then the second time it's a little bit less hard, and the third time it's less. And by the 20th time you tie your shoelaces, the subconscious mind develops a program. And that program connects these tens of thousands of dendrites together in a particular pattern to get your muscles and this and all that the other to do to tie the shoelaces. So then after 100 times, you have developed a dendrite pattern. You don't think about tying your shoelaces. You just think, think it. You just have the thought, and your your hands automatically do it. So it's the same thing sexually and relationship-wise. You develop during puberty all of these patterns for sex, how you become aroused, how you perform in the bedroom, how you do stuff, how you become erect, how hard you, you know, that whole piece. It's a dendrite pattern because you've done it so many times, the subconscious develops a program for it. And so the dendrites are actual, like, almost like, 
the best thing I could describe them as is like a series of fiber optic cables that connect these neurons together via pathways. So that's what a dendrite pattern is. And what happens is the more we use the dendrite pattern, the more it becomes fixed and it doesn't want to change. So you, you might say to yourself, I want to change my habit of doing sex. So let's say I normally last 20 minutes. And so I have a dendrite pattern that says at, at a certain point in the thing, I'm going to get excited, aroused, and boom, I'm going to ejaculate, and that's the end of that. So when you try to change that subconsciously and you change your energy pattern, the brain does not want to do that. You want to end up going back to your old pattern like an inertia, like a wheel that falls into a rut in the road. So what, what I discovered was that you have to disrupt these dendrite patterns because they're, the neurons can connect to any other neuron, and they're always changing these connections. So it's almost like you have to disconnect them all at once. And then they begin to want to go back to the old connections. But I figured out how to get them to not do that. So what happens is once we learn how to change the dendrite pattern or suspend them, then the subconscious mind is free to change programming. And it's real. It's like when people do it, they, they don't know that it's going to work at first, but then they start seeing it working. They're like, whoa, because you say to yourself, well, I can't stop smoking because you have a dendrite pattern that says you should smoke. But when you disrupt that pattern, then you find you still have some urge to smoke, but it's not as strong as before. And if you disrupt it three or four times and you put some kind of non-smoking thing into effect, you find that that habit is no longer there. Same thing with relationships sex, and whatever. So what we discovered was that if we can disrupt the dendrite patterns and then interject this energetic stuff and these, these lessons and this information, people could get it real quick. And the, the Dream CD helps us even more so that it's like you're doing it awake and you're doing it while you sleep. And people, after a couple of weeks, people start having these dreams and they're like, oh, you know, more aware in their dreams. And what we tell them to do is to rehearse what you want to see happen. So if you want to project energy into your woman and you want her to have a big orgasm, you visualize her doing that and then you take it into your dream. And it's the first time that you dream about it, then you're able to do it. And so then we just tell you to forget about your old behavior pattern. Don't think about it. Don't, you know, let it go. It's almost like purge it out of you. Just... Pretend like it's a, a something that you had in your pocket and you, you emptied it out. Because what happens is once you disrupt the dendrite patterns, then people can alter their subconscious programming rapidly. There's still some residual left over from the old stuff, but as long as you believe and as long as you have the intention to change it and you do it right away, immediately, you act on it like in the next few days, then the pattern really does begin to change. <clears throat> When we discovered this and we started implementing it last summer, that was a major breakthrough because before it took us months to do these projects, to do this, the, the, the Tantra, the genital reflexology, the second puberty. With the dendrite pattern formula, it, we reduced it to weeks. And now the program is a six-week program. And again, I mean, we don't accomplish everything in those six weeks, but the change is fundamental and massive. It's, it's like oh. people that never thought that they could do the stuff before find, to their surprise, that they can. 
Now, one key thing you said about going into the dream state, because I don't want, because a lot of people are looking for shortcuts, and I tell people there are no shortcuts on the spiritual path. And you said, um, well, if a man wants to go into his dream state and imagine his, you know, and dream his woman having a great orgasm, if her if her dendrite program has not been changed, will he still be able to do that, or will he meet resistance? He will meet resistance. Okay. But so here's how it works. <clears throat> Some of the people in the program don't have mates, and they find it a little bit more difficult to make the changes in six weeks that we talk about. The ones who do have mates find that the mates normally resist unless the mate is in the program as well. But what we tell them is to keep moving forward with it anyway. And usually what happens is they make progress with the mate. Even though the mate does resist, it's not enough resistance to stop them. They don't make the type of progress that they could make, but they make they make a lot of progress. And so and what we said to them is that after the program is over, if they keep doing this and they can educate their mate, eventually the resistance of the mate should evaporate. That's not always the mm. case. We've come into situations where um, both men and women feel threatened when their mate learns these techniques because they figure like like if the man all of a sudden was very crippled and he just was very average, then all of a sudden he gets more confidence and all of a sudden he's giving her all these big blasting orgasms and then she, the first thing that she thinks about is he's going to go out here and find him another woman now. He doesn't need me anymore because I'm not special. And so she starts to rebel and she starts to pull back. Uh, same thing. The women in the program, you know, one woman, she lost like 30-some pounds, wasn't even trying, just lost the weight. And the next thing you know, she was she was out here wearing stilettos <laughs> with a skinny little waist. She did, she did uh, like the Jennifer uh, uh, Hudson thing. <clears throat> and all of a sudden right. he looked up. And his his girlfriend was like, dang, <laughs> you know, it was that kind of thing. Plus her energy was all hyped and this, that, and the other, and her sexual appetite went up. He felt really great. He didn't want her to go anywhere. He didn't want to do anything, and he wanted her to get out of the program. So, yeah, you do run into this kind of resistance. But what she kept saying to him was, okay, she kept validating him, and she kept giving him all that good love. And every time he came up with the 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 stupid stuff, she just, you know, sexed his brains out and told him, you know, I love you and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do all this good stuff. And after a while, she, she, you know, she wore his resistance down and he just decided, okay, I'm going to just take the class. And he did. So it goes, it can go either way. The mates can rebel and resist, and I would say about half of them do. And about half of them are like, okay, I wasn't happy with the way the relationship was anyway, so maybe this is a way, you know, to improve it, and so they just kind of go with it. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. So um, it is not necessarily, okay, so we've established that it's not necessarily required that both partners come and take it together because and that's one thing that I've noticed in relationships is, and in my coaching and consultations is 
even in long-term relationships, somebody, quote-unquote, gets it before the other one. Somebody's going to make the leap before, you know. Now, if it's, a, if, if, if it's an evolved relationship and the man's in a leadership position and the woman's in a following position and, and he's been making good decisions and his track record is good and he says, baby, we're going over here, and she says, hell, yeah, I'm with you. But that's in the minority, and, and I love to see that turn into at least 50%. But right now it, it's a fact. It's just in the minority. Um but no, normally somebody's going to catch it, you know, first. And the danger is when you make that quantum leap, because even though, the, like you said, the, the the change is fundamental, but it's massive, can you give people some hints and tips, like we do on here on, on Original Native Radio, and what we'll be doing at the Romance and Finance, and what we'll be doing at Black Power Couples, and what we'll be doing at the Sexy Workshop, is tips tools and techniques how does one who's taking the course or who has completed the course turn around and approach this partner or even potential partner with this energy you know because i say well sometimes ladies y'all just talking too much you, you you came back you're so happy your eyes bugging all out of your head you, you know what i'm saying the coochie is dripping wet and you're ready to do something and then all of a sudden this guy is like hey 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 the same insecurity that you spoke of before he thinks that you can do all these special things and you're going to go out there and just start fucking somebody else's brains out and leave me because you're going to get somebody else with some better equipment. Because men have anxiety too. But I don't want to talk about that yet. I want to talk about what are some of the tips, tools, and techniques that you could offer someone? How do you approach your mate after you finish this class and they didn't take it? And, you know, so you won't wig them out and, you know, to help give them some, some type of comfort zone. Well, see, you when when you say the title, Romance and finance. You've answered that question right there, because what we decide, what we see, the pattern is, the mate in the relationship, the partner who makes the most money, is the one that's going to give the most uh, objection. So, if the woman takes the course, and he makes more money than her, there's going to be issues. If the woman takes the course, and she makes more money than him that's probably not going to be an issue. Same thing with the man. If the man takes the course and he makes more money than the woman, usually that's not an issue. She'll fall in line. Now, if, you, if you're the person taking the course and all these wonderful things are happening to you and your mate makes more money than you, then there's going to be probably a pushback. And what we have found and I didn't teach them that. They taught me this. What they did was they had to step up the romance side of it. So I don't mean sex. I mean that romance. So so if the man makes more of the money and the woman takes the course, then after she finishes the course, what she's got to do, the tip for her is she's got to romance him all over again. She's got to seduce him into the relationship all over again from the beginning. Mm. So if, if he's got the finance, she's got to bring the romance thing, and vice versa. If it's a man, same thing. If the woman's making more money than you and you take this course, then what you've got to do is you've got to pretend as if you're dating and you're trying to seduce her all over again with romance. And, and what I mean by romance is you've got to be in your right brain. You've got to be dealing with the creative side of your personality where 
You just do something out of pocket where you show up with the roses and the rose petals and you throw them over the bed and you dazzle her or dazzle him, you know, with stuff and it's like, but you're you're making them feel important. You're, you know, you're appealing to their ego. You're appealing to them and basically you're basically saying, okay, look, I got all this good stuff. And I'm 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 throwing it at you because you're my you're my world. You I'm romancing you. I'm seducing you. I'm you know I'm wearing my little stilettos and my little uh, fishnets and whatever else. And it's for you, baby. And so when you start romancing them again, and they feel like okay, it's like the relationship is brand new again. The same thing that you got them in a the relationship with in the beginning, you do that and, and even more so that their insecurities tend to be lessened and they have the tendency to, to, to go ahead with the program. So <clears throat> your whole thing, romance and finance, is, is the scenario. Because in most relationships, there is a mismatch. One person has more power than the other, and it's usually the person with the money. Now, I mean, if you look, uh, you know, if you're like... Um, um, you know, if the man is very well off and the woman really doesn't have much financial power at all, a lot of times you'll have these guys who are a little bit older, the woman is a little younger, she's one of these little cutie pies, and he's got the money, and the whole reason he's in the relationship with her is because he has this power over her through the money. And definitely he will feel threatened by this scenario. But if the way she got him the first the first way the way she got him and his money the first time is because she was cute and because she was seductive and she seduced him. So you just do it all over again. And basically then they're reminded, they get back into a comfort zone because they're like, okay, the same thing that happened before, we're still on the same page. And and then you take it from there. So I would say if you're bringing, if you're bringing the finance into the picture, you don't have to do anything. You're okay. Take the course and keep on getting up. If you take the course and the other person's the big dog with the finance, then you have to bring that romance strong. And um, what about not in a relationship and and you single? Are are singles welcome to come to the course? Most of the people who take the course are singles because I'll be quite honest with you, most people out here are not in a permanent relationship. I mean, relationships have kind of died, really, unfortunately. Now, people are out here. People are out here, kind of like pretending. But if you talk to people, if you look around, it's hard to find somebody that's been in a relationship for three years. So, if you haven't been in a relationship with that person for three years, you know, continuously, and it's been fun, then you're not really in a relationship. Most people are in trials. They're not in relationships. They they may be dating somebody and maybe even living with them, but it's really just a trial. They're really it's a convenience. It's because we can't afford an apartment by ourselves, so the two of us got together, or I'm afraid to live alone. So most of us are not really in relationships, Kaya. I'm sorry to say it. Yeah, you hit on a you hit on a good one. Look, I'm gonna tell you now, I'm gonna give you the preview. Uh, this gonna have to be a part two to this because I'm I, I just looked down in the chat room and I gotta go over here and they they getting it in and I want to open the lines up to let some of these women and some of these men talk to you. You men better call in. 
Uh, 347-205-9089. 347-205-9089. I didn't even know we had been on here and done 90 minutes already. It seemed like we just started talking. But me and y'all are old friends, and, and we can run our miles. I told y'all, yeah, didn't I warn them earlier that we can talk? <laughs> so, um... Uh, what I want to do is read some of the comments that they got going on in the chat room while I wait for a, pe a few people to press one and raise their hands. Once again, you are still rocking with the best. You got Coach Kair. You got Master Yah Morris on the line. This is OriginalNativeRadio.com, sponsored by RelaxationIsTheKey.com. You just heard the brother that the format, romance and f the, the, the format of romance and finance is going to rock your socks. We're going to do some extraordinary things. And the brother I'm partnering with to do the romance of finance, he doesn't even know the power that um, that, we've, that we're sitting on with the orgasms. He really brings a lot of the finance part to the power couples. So I know he, uh, his mind is going to be blown away. And he's in a power couple situation, so enhancing that is going to be one of my objectives, too. So <clears throat> I want some of you all to have some comments and feedback and questions. Please press 1, call in, let y'all know uh, how you're feeling about what he's saying, because y'all are messing around, and I'll be done just turning into a career class for me tonight, because I always learn from this brother all the time. Um, let me go back here, y'all, and let me catch a couple of what couple couple, couple of statements. Uh, and I definitely want to give a shout out to uh, everybody in the chat room. Uh, All things natural. Uh, Blanca Rosa, Deborah, Doc Vodge, Evangelist Cookie. I got a whole lot of guests in here. Y'all need to sign up and get a Blog Talk account. Um, Kelly Kell. Neb Ma'at Ray, Nubian Brooks, and Nubian Poets. Definitely appreciate all of you all for uh, being up in the building tonight. Thanks, um, Shamir, for joining out in um, Detroit, Ayana in Oakland. I see some other 313s in Detroit, a couple uh, 336s, some Atlanta, some 702s. I definitely appreciate each and every one who's came in tonight. But definitely, if y'all want to get in on the comments, please press 1. If you don't, now me and y'all will just keep going because I uh, really want him to start talking about the course too. But if you have any questions or anything has not been clear, I want to give people the opportunity to, uh, you know, call in with their questions. Uh, a lot of comments was going on and saying it's refreshing to hear. Been a while since I heard a man speak in this manner. Okay, that's why I brought the brother, because we got to demonstrate. Y'all heard Hotep earlier this week. You heard Master Yao. Now you got Coach Kair. We're showing you that the brothers are not dead. We are out here. I, and, and the example I use, y'all, is um, the uh, rising of the Planet of the Apes, the new Planet of the Apes movie. And um, Caesar was in there talking to the big gorilla, and the big gorilla was like, you're giving them cookies? And the um, Caesar was like, yeah, man, I'm giving them cookies so they'll have unity. And then the, and then the big gorilla said, monkey's dumb. And so a lot of times women have been going off of that premise that men are dumb. But Caesar broke out of the uh, place where they were holding all the gorillas, went back and got the super smart gas, punched a hole in it, and rolled it down and woke up all the monkeys. And the next morning when the when the gatekeeper came in or the, or, or the zoo trainer, all the monkeys were sitting there looking at him cognitive, and they had green eyes. So I, the symbolism to me is a lot of the brothers are awake, and they have not told the sisters, and the sisters are still using primitive cavewoman techniques 
to either stay in control or uh, maintain her position, and you've given it that term the dendrite. Well, some of us brothers have the new dendrite, and that's what we're demonstrating here. So I definitely, we are happy that we are refreshing you, sister, but we want you to know that it's not just me and y'all. It's some more of us out here. Uh, Evangelist Cookie said they are, they are hard to find. We're not hard to find. You can attract us, changing yourself. Uh, then we say, I am grateful. Yes, speak it, loving it. And some, uh, wow, that's some revelation here on womanhood, very enlightening. I'm going to listen. I'm going to listen to this again. Facts. Uh, it's quite refreshing. Uh, somebody else comments. My first time listening. Very nice. Uh, last night was first time. Awesome. Definitely this kind of knowledge I can share prophetically to enlighten other souls. Exactly. We want you. Like we said, don't hide it. Divide it. Um, listening to this bliss, I can only imagine what it feels like to experience. Ooh, did you hear that, y'all? Somebody's already visualizing what it would feel like to experience this, and then they got to, oh, my, yes. And then somebody says, I was thinking the same thing. Where can I get these CDs? Okay, we're going to answer these questions. Call in, 347-205-9089. I got the man right here on the show. He hasn't been on my show before, and this is like two years, but this is his, this is his debut. So I don't know. He's very busy, so I don't know when I can get him back. So I want you all to come on now and um, take this opportunity to talk to the brother. Um, somebody says, I'm very intrigued. Absolutely. Uh some wows, I got some dams in there, y'all. And it says I'm and somebody all things natural says I'm ready to sign up for the next class. And somebody else, me too, me too, me too. Got a lot of me too's in the room. Um and then we got an amazing. So yeah, what do you what kind of comments do you have for the I mean, um response do you have for listening to some of those comments? Well, um if they go to Master Yal Morris on Facebook and they go to the notes on my wall, <clears throat> you know, on the on the main page. Make sure that you you go to the Facebook page that has my picture. There's a couple of counterfeit pages that have no picture on it. Don't go to those. There's people that's trying to, you know, whatever they're trying to do anyway. If you go and you hit notes and you look at my notes, you'll see where I have a whole page of uh, short excerpts from past testimonials of people who've taken the class. So that that will speak for me. Now, with the thing that the lady said, she can just imagine it, you know, um, I say there was a time when you couldn't get this stuff. You couldn't get Kyrie's, you know, romance and finance. You couldn't get Yao's grand trying. You couldn't get Nikiyama's thing and whatever because it was secret. We only dealt with people who could pay a bunch of money and this, that, and the other, and, you know, it was done behind closed doors. Now, it's out there in the public domain. You can you have access to it. You've got the Internet now, blah, blah, blah. And so you're just a few weeks away from the actual experience. This is this stuff is not Okay, so tell us when, uh, when is the next class starting up? Oh, okay. The, the last class just ended a couple of weeks ago, and uh, we have a class starting up April 21st is the next class start date. And uh, this Friday is the first deadline for Absolutely, we know, you know, if you pay by this Friday, then we can get you set up so that, um, you know, you can, you can, you can, you, you'll have the, you know, you'll have the instruction. So the way that it's set up, the center of the class is in Baltimore, but we have classes offered anywhere from Newark down to Richmond and even down into North Carolina if enough people sign up. Otherwise, you've got to come to Baltimore. If enough people in your city sign up, 
And I think right now we've got a satellite up in up in Newark. Last time we had one in Pittsburgh and one down in uh, um, whatever. We, we, and we're looking also in Philly, perhaps. But any, anywhere in that little area, you know, along the East Coast is where we're offering the class, um, the, the Baltimore's hub. So, we, you know, we can set up classes in the future, not the April 21st class, but we can set up classes. We're working on getting one down in Atlanta, and um, we've got some interest in a few cities, but we just don't have enough people yet. So the, you go to... Uh, What's the minimum, y'all? How many people do you need to get a class started, like in North Carolina? Uh, right now, um, if they're going to make the... Uh, if they're going to go to the April 21st class, just need about five um, in a particular city. Like, like if the cities are close enough, like Greensboro, Raleigh, then you can you can combine the two cities if they're close enough. But if you're talking, um, um, if you, you know, uh, like in Newark, we have an instructor that actually lives up there, and then I just travel up there. So four people is enough. In fact, I think we've already got enough up there. Philly, you probably need about four people because it's close to us. Basically, it's a formula that we have how many people we need because we have to get hotel rooms and we have to set up travel, we have to rent a car. So, you know, there's expenses involved. So, you know, we really can't do it for under four people. Like I think in North Carolina it's got to be five or six. So it's not a lot of people, but um, the main thing is they got to pay, they got to register for enough in advance to guarantee it. Like if you if you wait till the last minute, then the first class you've got to come to Baltimore if there's no class in your city. So if you wait to register like a couple of days before the class starts, then you, the first class you got to travel up to Baltimore. Then the second class we can have it set up so the instructors are in your city. You know, we, we're in a hotel room and we'll have the class there. And all people get personal instruction from me. They get coaching from me. And they take at least two sessions with me in all classes. So um, the the main thing is that if somebody says, I'm the only one that I know. I'm in, um, let's say, Richmond, <clears throat> Richmond, Virginia. I'm the only one that I know. Well, then, then what we do is we go back over our list of people who said they had interest, and we'll go back and say, look, we got a couple of people in Richmond. Are you interested? And we can probably get a satellite down there. And if we get, you know, four people, then boom, then we then we send an instructor down there and set it up, get the hotel room, and get it all get it all done. So that's the layout right now. And um, the, 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 basically, you should send an email to K H E M S A. That's Kimsa three 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 at gmail dot com. And I'll repeat that later in the broadcast. But basically, you send an email and you say, "I live in such and such a place, and I'm interested in the class." We'll send you the brochure and all the in, 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 information and everything. And in some cases, we might say, "Okay." Um, you've already got enough people in that city, you're good to go. And we'll give you, you know, the instructions on how to how to get prepared for it. But if you're an energetic person and you say, okay, I live in Greensboro and, and you know, then I can get enough people together, then you can, you know, you go ahead and get your peeps together and we'll send the emails out to, the, to our mailing list in those cities and between the two of us we might be able to get enough people quick enough. So that's how it works. Okay, okay. They're definitely asking about the uh, – give me that email address again so I can put it in the chat room. 
It's K for Kenneth, H for horse, um, E, M for man, S for Sam, A for alpha. That's K-H-E-M-S-A, 333-333-3-3s at gmail.com. Kimsa333 at gmail.com. K-H-E-M-S-A-333. At gmail.com. Is that it? That's it. All right. All righty. So, um, yeah, some of it, um, some people are asking about uh, what we got, Huntsville, Alabama, Dallas, Texas, Toledo, Detroit. Um, but, but what I want to do is let me open up the line because I got a caller who's been waiting patiently. Caller from the 313, your mic is wide open. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? Is that me? Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes. This is Rochelle. And this, this is who? Detroit. Rochelle. Uh huh. Hi, um, Rochelle. I'm looking forward to seeing you. My well, I'm coming with the sexy workshop tour in Detroit. But uh, do you have some comments and questions for y'all? Uh, yes. I wanted to know um, the Facebook page you said to go to. Yes, it's Master Yao Morris. Y O A Morris. Y A O. Y-A-O, and then Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S? Yes. Okay, all right. Uh, I'm enjoying the show tonight. Um, that The thing you said about the, is it dendrite pattern? Yes. Um, how do you spell that? D-E-N-D-R-I-T-E, dendrite. Oh, okay. All right, because um, I'm really curious about, you know, getting rid of some of these patterns in my subconscious that are not helping me anymore in relationships and, you know, in just other areas of my life. Relationship, well, hey, relationship and finances. I need to get this subconscious together to get rid of these patterns that keep coming up that are not um, beneficial to me. So um, I'm really digging what you were talking about tonight. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Oh, and that's it. Oh, absolutely. Definitely um, appreciate that. Um, one of the methods that I also use that I think is a, a nice compliment um, that I had to figure out too because I was running up on a lot of blockages and I wasn't and I wasn't able to travel to people uh, personally. Um, like y'all said, if you don't have the you know the groups of people, it can get expensive just for one person. So I um, was fortunate enough, the universe led me to a brother who was teaching the original version of emotional freedom technique, which they call EFT, invented by Gary Craig. And I've had some big success with that and um, can even better understand it right now with how um, that affects the dendrite program itself. And if you want to get some information on the EFT, uh, you can go over to relaxationisthekey.com and then go to services, go to booking and services, and you can come down and see the EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique, and they give you some more information about that. Now, I would not – these teachings are not YouTube teachings, so don't look for Yao on YouTube. Don't look for your Tantra master on YouTube. Don't look for somebody. I mean, now you might do some research on Tantra and hear somebody talking about it, and you may hear somebody talking about EFT, 
but you're not going to really get the same type of energetic feel that you will get from a person from watching a YouTube video. So, um, and these arts do take commitment. So I am definitely um, encouraging everyone to, um, you know, make that decision and um, because your life does depend on it. Your future happiness does depend on it. And I want to commend you, uh, Rochelle. Let me go ahead and get up on their feet. <laughs> Just having the courage to call in, you know, ask a question like that. So I really appreciate you and love you and sending you love and light right now. For, uh, you. you know, just big up yourself. Absolutely, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Please, please stay on the line. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm just going to put you back on mute, but don't oh. um, don't hang up because you know we stop streaming in 16 minutes. So if we're still oh. if we're not done, it's going to stop streaming in the um, on the internet. But you'll still be able to listen in. And just in case we do have a small after party, I don't want you to miss any of that. Okay. Okay, no problem. Thank All you. All right, thank you. You're welcome. Got another caller from the 419. Your mic is wide open with Yao Morris and Coach K at Original Native Radio. Can I get your name and where you're calling from, please? My name is Blanca, and I am calling from Toledo. Blanca, how you doing tonight? I'm doing real good. It's It's been uh, really enlightening and uh, refreshing. <laughs> it's one of my words to listen to this broadcast. A friend of mine, uh, Referred me to it, and it's pretty nice. Well, you want to give your friend a shout out? Who sent you over here? Uh, what's, uh, what's your reference? Well, um, I joined your Facebook page. Um, a friend of mine, uh, Lisa. I don't know that you would know her, but she um, heard a broadcast that you did back in March, and I've been trying to find you uh, for the last couple of days, and finally did. But I'm curious because I work with a lot of uh, young ladies who are dealing with, um, uh, let me see, and and it's probably a lot of ladies that may be listening as well that have dealt with rape and incest. Would this program be something that could perhaps help them and bring healing, this program that you speak of, Master? Well, the answer to that is, the answer to that is yes and yes. Okay. Number one, it helps you to heal yourself, absolutely. In fact, the second puberty in the genital reflexology piece is, is all about that. Mm-hmm. And number two, it helps you attract a man to you who completes your healing. Mm-hmm. And, and, and let me just come, it's an excellent, excellent question. So let's go back to EFT. We we call that the Callahan technique. I know you mentioned Greg, and I think I've heard of him too. But we yeah. the, the EFT that we talk about uh, is the information coming from the Callahan guy down in Texas or whatever. I, I've never met him. But okay. uh, we have a couple of people who are training with that technique. Now, the EFT technique does not change the brain dendrite patterns. It changes the energy in your body at the cellular level so that your the energy like in a, like an acupuncture, like in the acupuncture meridians, can flow freely, and it's a very powerful technique. Now, and what we do in the table work is very, very similar to that. Now, we do not incorporate the EFT itself into the class at this time, but there is talk amongst our instructors 
about doing that. Now, okay. when you get back to the brain dendrite pattern piece, the brain dendrite pattern piece really is something that allows you to quickly change your subconscious programming so that once you do something like the table work or the EFP, it doesn't try to, try to creep back in so that it becomes okay. more of a permanent thing. Now, when, with you, when you're dealing with something like rape, the rape itself does not do a lot of damage. It's the memory of it. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when you when you look at rape, physically, there's usually some physical damage, mm-hmm. but usually it heals in a matter of three or four weeks. Okay. The, the, the thing that actually does the serious damage is the memory of it and the fact that, like you say, your brain dendrite pattern shifts, your whole personality shifts. Mm-hmm. And so you have to get rid of that memory. And that is exactly what second puberty does, is it goes back and allows you to restructure that. Now, the trick to it is not everybody is equally successful because what we tell you is, number one, you have to believe in yourself and believe yeah. that you can let it go. Mm-hmm. A lot of people hang on to the pain because they don't know how to operate without it. But once you 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 get the original, so to speak, uh, relief, and you mm-hmm. see yourself operating differently, you have to intentionally let the old pain go and That's move right. forward. So mm-hmm. some people do in the program. Some people kind of keep echoing back, and we talk about the echo in one of the classes where, you know, they, they keep falling back into old ways because they're used to that. It's part of their comfort zone. But definitely none of these types of traumas, even war trauma or smoking or old drug habit, those things, you know, as long as, long as you uh, deal with the energy block that keeps you in that space, once you deal with that energy block and you remove mm-hmm. it, then you are free to operate the way you are meant to operate as long as you believe that you can. And if you're, if you're afraid because you think it may happen again, then you will put yourself, you will, you will basically harness yourself again with the same problem mm-hmm. after the cure has been administered. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the key piece, what we find, not everyone that goes through the class makes a clean break. You know, I'll say the majority do, but quite a few of them make a partial break, and they mm-hmm. get sort of some relief but then they kind of keep bouncing back to their old way because they just don't intentionally let it go. So I hope that answered your question. That did. That was good. And I'm also curious if I may ask another one. Um, Is there, would this be something that I could come to this class and then bring this back to a group of people? Right now, you know, uh, we're, we're 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 having things set up. We're in the midst right now of setting it up so that we can franchise this, and we have several components being added to it because this is the level one version. There are other levels above that. Okay. Uh, we're very careful about instructors. We have four instructors in training right now. We call them facilitators while they're in training, okay. and so and so just taking the class does not qualify you to teach it. Basically, the class is just to get you going in the right direction and give you some basic skills and to clear, sort of clean the slate, hit the reset button. 
but it's not enough in six weeks so that you can teach this. Now, if you want to teach it, we do have a course that, you know, it doesn't really cost you any money. It just is what you do is you help me free, do mm-hmm. some of my work mm-hmm. while you're learning, and when okay. you get to the place where you can pass the test so that you can do the table work, you can do the projection, you can do the second puberty, and you understand the science of genital reflexology, and, and, and it sounds like a lot, but it's not really that much, mm-hmm. then, yes, we'll put you in the queue because um, we we're, right now we don't operate, you know, too far away from the Baltimore hub, about as far west as we've gotten as Pittsburgh, as far north as New York City, and as far south as North Carolina. But there's a whole big country out there, and we just don't have enough instructors to cover it all. So definitely we need more. The issue is, especially with the women, is that uh, we have have a lot of trouble getting them to stay with the projection. It's a little bit more difficult for women to do the projection work on the table than men Hmm. because men, men are focused outer and women are focused inner. When women do get it, they're more, even more powerful than the men, but it takes a little bit longer. So we've just been training them since last October, and we've really only got two women who are really very, really very good at it so far. So mm-hmm. we, we would love to have some women do it, and we've had six or seven of them uh, get started, but they've fallen out because right. it, it, requires, it requires a lot of dedication and work. So the answer to your question is, It'd probably be about after you finish the course. It'd probably be about three or four months before you get the license to actually teach it. I see. That's not too bad. Yeah, a lot of my work prophetically is healing. It has to do with helping people get through a lot. That's one of my gifts. So I'm always looking for uh, new avenues and new trends of thought, so to speak. that are open. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be looking into this and possibly going to that event in Detroit in June. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Blanca. We really appreciate you calling in tonight. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. I'm just going to put you back on mute, but you can still stay in the queue. I don't want you. To, I don't want to lose you for the rest of the show, okay? Okay. Thank you. Uh, we this is our we're coming down to the five minute warning, folks. Down in the chat room, if you want to continue on with these next couple questions and hear uh, this the scientists that we have on the line tonight bringing these bringing this light, uh, I would suggest you call in three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. Let me type that in there three four seven two zero five nine zero eight nine. Yeah. Uh, give me some comments and feedback on how you think the call went tonight uh, so far and uh, what you've heard from the ladies. I think excellent. I want to hear from some of these guys, but excellent. These are excellent questions that they brought up. And, um, you know, what, what, we're, what we're really looking at is trying to get people ready for relationships first in the class in level one. But by the time you get to level two and level three, we definitely want to be dealing with some of these other modalities that they're talking about. The EFT piece is a real serious piece. And so if somebody out there is really versed in that and they and they get this information and combine the two, that's a serious, you know, scenario. The, the other thing is the acupuncture. One of our instructors is studying, you know, acupuncture formally. 
And so we're combining a lot of what we do is acupuncture-based. So that's real strong. We've got another major component is the whole dietary piece with herbs and dealing with the cleansing of the organs and the kundalini and that stuff. So anybody who's real strong with herbal alternative medicine and stuff like that, that's another real key piece for the instructors to have that where you can take this information and really do something with it. But I think the call has been excellent. Appreciate that. One of the questions that's in the queue now, that's in the chat room, is um, a lot of people say, well, since we can't travel, can we do it, you know, can we have a webinar? And normally my answer traditionally is for some things, yes, but for this type of work, when y'all uses the word table work, you have got to feel what this feels like to project your energy into another person. And a person can't lay on the front of a table and set up a webcam and you project through the webcam and they feel it. You have got to actually have hands-on experience with this, what I call temple-style teaching. That's what that, and that's what it's classified as. Like the man said a couple of years ago, this information was this information was secret. It wasn't necessarily hidden, and um, I'm not gonna say secret because people knew it, but it was very sacred, and it was passed down in ancient traditions the way y'all got. He said he had 2,000 pages. It was passed from ear to mouth. He didn't mention that he got any of it, any of it over a webinar. So, but but I want I don't want to answer for y'all. But I want to I want to give y'all a chance to um, answer that about webinars and people and a long distance teaching. But, but please call in two zero five nine zero eight nine because the call is getting ready to stop streaming on the internet. Y'all, please address the webinar question. What what we do is we do workshops where we 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 talk about similar issues. But we can't do the, 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 the class that way, no, because it's exactly as you said. We don't put any of the table work stuff in writing, and we don't broadcast it in any kind of digital form whatsoever because the problem that we have is that people get a little teeny bit of it, and then they go out and they try to do it and duplicate it, and it, and it messes Ooh, up our intellectual the, problem. Ooh, eavesdroppers. It, go ahead, y'all. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to interrupt you, but that's a... That's a touchy topic for me, but please go ahead. It's an intellectual property issue because you know, it took me 30 years to get this stuff, and I don't want people misrepresenting it. So definitely we don't do that. However, there are aspects of it that can be done long distance to prepare you for this, and you'll get some benefit out of that. But the genital reflexology piece, we don't put that the actual teaching of it in writing. I mean, we we have the science in writing. It's in the mamra. And we the second puberty, we write about it in Awakening the Master Feminine. But the teaching of the actual technique is always done verbally in person. So that's that's why people have to make trips to Baltimore from time to time to get that. Now, what we do is we have a road show. There's two people that travel with me. And we will come to Detroit. In fact, we were out there this year, and we will come back and and do do this in an accelerated format. But I say, if we're going to do something like that, it's got to be a minimum, you know, eight or nine people signed up, and then you have to dedicate three weeks to do it. So for three weekends, you've got to set that time aside and be able to come and take the class. Uh, we're looking at doing the first one down in Atlanta this summer. But no, you know we can't. You, you, it's not something that we can do Skype. <laughs> I 
I love it. He just he just made it short. Said no, we just can't do it over Skype. Can't do it over WebEx or Cisco or Wawi or Uvu or none of that. Some of this stuff, um, and 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 that was one of the, and yeah, that's how I even got on the radio in the first place. It was so many people without a real lineage or a teacher screaming. They had sex magic and tantra, and they were really just uh, dime store, you know what I'm saying, dime store fake-out magicians, you know what I mean, trying to, uh, uh, trying to sell Sprite and call it holy water. And I said, well, let me set the record straight as far as on my end and let people have a feel of the energy and speak and listen to real scientists. And, and so my teacher, Senyata Saraswati, was, my, was the first guest. Like the first five weeks I was on the air, I had him on every Sunday. And we went through it, went through it with a fine-tooth comb so people would be able to identify. Because I can't do anything about the charlatans. But the way you spoil a con man is you educate his mark. You educate the person who he's trying to con. So the people who are listening here, you're getting valuable, scientific, provable information from a brother, and you can feel the vibration in his voice. You can call him, you know, you can send him an email and chat with y'all for hours, and he's the authentic real deal. So, um... You can't do that with a lot of people who want you to continually be with them. That's another thing we've been dealing with too, y'all, is um, you said you have a six-week course. Let me ask you a crazy question. Well, why don't you just want to have a bunch of followers? Don't you want a bunch of y'all followers or people just stay with you for years and years and years, y'all? I'm playing devil's advocate what here. I, what I want is I want a 1,000 men to be trained as healers, and if they never see me again, if they go forth and start healing all these women, then I'm happy. I want a thousand women trained as healers, and if they go out here and have good relationships and heal these men out here, then I'll be happier. And I want to make some money at it. It took me a long time to get this stuff. It took me ten years to develop this particular program. I want to be compensated and rewarded for it. But basically, I'm not trying to keep this. This the program that's out here now is five percent of it. And at some point in time before I pass from this earth, I'm hoping to pass all the entire Amamara dossier to other people. It's no good for me to take it with me. You know, I want to, to, to give all of this stuff away so that other people are doing it and it becomes part of the fabric of our society. Mm. Absolutely, absolutely, because the mass and masters don't want to take this information to their grave with them. It does you no, know, it does you no know good uh, in the in in the box with you, or if you want to get uh, incinerated or, or cremated, it, it doesn't do any good in the vase with you. you. It came through us, and we were created. The Creator created us to be creative. And sharing the gift is one of our biggest rewards. But I really understand and and appreciate what you said about it took you uh, you invested a lot to get a lot, and it must be as a as a keeper of this, uh, you're not being selfish by asking for a fair compensation, as we say, fair exchange, no robbery. And because people who get things free all the time, they tend to not appreciate it. Would you agree or disagree with that? Absolutely. It's a double dynamic. Number one, I don't want to take the stuff to the grave 
because of the sacred bond that I had with the people who shared the beginning part of the information with me, many of them wanted to pass it on to their kids and, and relatives, but they didn't want it. They had nobody to pass it on to. And, and, and it was like a Hail Mary pass in the fourth quarter, a two-minute drill. And they gave it to me, what little they could give to me, rather than just see it go. And so it doesn't make sense for them to have done that and then me to take it to my grave. So I've got to give it up to somebody, too. At the same time, I put a big investment in this of my own money and time over a long period of time and gave up other opportunities to do this. So I, I definitely want, you know, my intellectual property to be respected. But at some point in time, I also wanted to stop being my intellectual property. In other words, over a period of, of months and years, you know, my goal is to give it all away so that other people have it and it becomes a, a more collective intellectual property. But just like George Washington, he created the science of biochemistry, but a lot of it was stolen from him and became the DuPonts of the world, took it over and made billions from it. And they don't give him the credit that he deserves, and his family didn't get the money that he deserves because he's the one who started it and did most of the research on it. So we mm, have, to, mm, we have to just like Thomas this. Edison took a whole lot of um, what's my boy? Yeah. I love him. Um, oh my good, Nikola Tesla. He took a lot of his stuff. So, we, so this I is definitely understand that you got callers. The lines are starting to light up, uh, y'all. Let me um. Okay. Let me get a couple of people in here before I gotta let you go. I do I do want to say thank you though, um, while you know right in the middle of the show for you coming on tonight and blessing us with your light. I really appreciate it. Excellent, thank you. And uh, uh, the last thing I would like to do is give out the email address one more time after the calls. Oh, oh don't worry, you haven't. Oh, oh, we got more time. I just wanted to tell you thank you now. You got plenty of time to get the email address out. I got you. Don't worry. I just want to get back to a couple of the callers. I got a friend of mine calling in from Oakland, California tonight. Ayana, your mic is wide open. How you doing tonight? Oh, I'm good. How are you, Kyrie? I'm blessed um, by the best. You know us. Yes. Um, um, for, for the for for Brother Yao, I, I have a question about the, do you have any programs specifically for young males, um, maybe between the ages of, like I said, beginning puberty age, between maybe 12, 13 through 17. I have a 17-year-old uh, son that I would love to connect with his work and seeing where, um, you know, he he would he would benefit from, from your work, especially when you were describing the male archetypes, which I would love for you to go over again if you don't mind. And also um, just wondering what your experiences have been uh, with, you know, today's young um, African-American males and being raised by single mothers. You know, we tend to try to be both archetypes, you know, without really even knowing who we are <laughs> and not even knowing the opposite archetype when we see one, you know. So um, what, what's been your experience with that? Um, what would you recommend? I've had over the last 12 years, many, many requests to do programs for teenagers. And I'm, I'm willing to do them, but only under strict legal uh, requirements, especially when you're dealing with young girls. So I, I do have a program, and it's an excellent program, 
when you do first puberty right, they don't have to go back and correct the mistakes. And it's the most excellent program for young boys. But the, the issue is that the parents have to be involved and they have to sign some very strict legal documents uh, because the language that we use is very adult. There's, we actually have as table models, so when we're talking about these things, we have a, a, a woman on the table and she's, she don't have a whole lot of clothes on. Let's just put it that way. So um, we're talking about stuff that's very adult, and it tends to um, uh, some young boys will get stimulated. Now, a lot of parents have an issue with that, but I don't teach the course as if they're going to stay boys all their life. I teach the course with the concept that very soon, sooner than we think, there are going to be men interacting with women. That's how I right. teach the course. So right. the parents have to be involved, and therefore it's not enough to have one or two parents who want it. You've got to have seven or eight parents who want it. And and if you can get seven or eight parents together who are willing to, to sponsor it for their children, yes, we have a most excellent program. And I can tell you that it works even better than the adult program because they haven't been scarred up as bad yet. Mm-hmm. Now, now, in answer to your second question about boys who are raised by single parents, um, that's a, another thing that we do. It's, it's not this type of course like the Grand Trine program. It's a separate course that I used to do, which I would love to do it again. And that program is called Forgiving Our Fathers. Mm. Now, the, the the title is deceptive because the, the we, we talk about the title to get the young boys pulled in. But really what it's about is it's dealing with the fact that they, they they hunger for a certain type of male energy from the biological father, and they were absent from that, and it leaves a hole in them. And mm-hmm. so in order to fill that hole, they have to first let go the concept of scarcity. They have to first let go any hate. They have to first let go of this entire concept that they are incomplete because the course basically shows them how they can fill that gap. Now, if, if um, you know, it's not a six-week course. It doesn't take that long. But then what happens is, you know, it's not something that the mother really um, um, is all that involved in. We do not take the position that the mother uh, was inadequate. The position that we took is that there is a lack, there is a void, that perhaps we're not counting on the fathers to fill that void. And what we're saying to the boy is, even though you have this lack, you can fill that void yourself energetically, and we show them how to do that. The only thing that stops them is the same thing that stops women who are raped. If they cling to the memory and they won't let that memory go, it's very hard for the healing to take hold. So the only implement, the only impediment to this with the young boy is if his, if his dislike for the father, if his sense of abandonment is so strong that he does not want to let the hurt go. If he's willing to let it go, we can show him how he can energetically fill that hole, fill that gap. And, and basically it's, it's, it's an excellent dynamic because 
even if he doesn't, you know, want to embrace it from the perspective of being held in a relationship with a woman later on, it's it's almost enough just to want to embrace it so that he doesn't go through his adult life with negative feelings toward his dad. Mhm. Mhm. Thank you. Did I, answer, did I answer? Did I answer the question? Yes. 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 And then, um, thank you. Yes. Yes. And also, I just wanted, uh, if 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 you could, just briefly go over uh, the archetypes again, or just just yes. touch on the uh, the the archetypes of the male house of the man, the warrior. Now, most young boys think of warrior as a fighter. That's not how we do. We, don't, we do not define a warrior as a soldier. A warrior is somebody who will engage to seek justice on somebody else's behalf. So a warrior is only a warrior if he's fighting on behalf of somebody other than himself. So uh, most warriors today, most war today is fought with money. So the biggest warriors today are bankers. After that, the biggest warriors are lawyers because wars are fought in courts. And after that, warriors are writers because warriors are fight today with knowledge. So, you know, you've got to distinguish between a warrior and a soldier. The second energy is called the hunter. And we say a hunter is someone who's willing to take on the welfare of somebody else even if he has to suffer. So that young boy has to understand that a hunter is about getting money, provisions, land, whatever, but not for himself, at least not for himself primarily. So he's taking responsibility to be accountable for somebody else. So then again, the ego, you know, developing a world view that's beyond himself, beyond what he can see. So we talk about an eagle up in the sky. He can see stuff the animals on the ground can't see. Worms can't see what the eagle can't see. The eagle's got a better view than everybody. And so we talk about being able to get out of your neighborhood, get out of your frame of mind, get out of your school, get out of your mentality, and pretend as if you're up above the world looking at the big picture. That's the eagle. But once again, the reason that the eagle is flying up there is not to get the knowledge and the plan for just himself, it's for a group, for his clan, for his brothers. And then we talk about the healer, and the healer's basically, you know, he, he, he's, he's dealing with the love aspect, the romance aspect, and the reason we call him the healer, some people call him other names, um, is because most young boys don't understand that the way to, the key to romance is to first heal. So, you know, we teach all of these archetypes, and they're found in nature. And so, you know, after a while, the young boy understands that with these archetypes, with these energies, he's becoming his natural self, and it equips him to do natural functions. And then the next part of that course we get into the fact that because society is screwed up and the models for families and for men are screwed up, it does not mean that a young boy, when he grows up, has to follow the dysfunctional models. It's basically teaching him, look, nature set up a plan, follow the natural plan, and don't follow the plans that, are, that other men necessarily are following. Does that, is, that a, is that an adequate? Um, uh, I'll just real quick, because I don't know how much time yeah. we have. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that was, I'll that just was real good. quick talking about the energies, okay? Yes, that was good. 
Did you hear me? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you. Absolutely, absolutely. So you just covered the male. Or did you want to cover the females real quick too, or or would that just that would the same, Ayana, the same is that thing. all you wanted? Oh, the, the, yeah, the, the 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 women as well. That'd be good. Just because I I as you were as you were going back over them, um, just just it just resonates with me. Just because we don't we don't see a lot of this in in one person or in a male. And you're saying that uh, I think earlier you were talking about um, males not being fully men. To, to some extent, you were saying something like that. So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, can you talk about the, the, the female? Yes, the, the male scenario is a little more left brain than the female. And the male is very unselfish. A lot of the male stuff is stuff that he's doing for other people, for the family. Because, I mean, my father, his money, basically he gave it all to my mom. She combined the monies. She paid for everything that had to be paid for. Whatever money was left, she gave it back to him. Mm-hmm. So any any disposable income, he made the decisions on. But any, you know, the main stuff was already taken care of. So she made some decisions. He made some decisions. But here, 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 here we look at that thing. A lot of the stuff that men have to do in society is selfless. And mm. so then, so the man has to be prepared with a woman who's going to take care of him. So if the man says, okay, I'm going to be the eagle, the warrior, I'm, all of this stuff is like it's, it's about sacrifice. So he's getting beat up. He's he's getting his money taken from him. <laughs> and he's getting all this information for his kids and his wife and his community. So who's taking care of him? So if he doesn't hook up with a woman that's got his back, then he's going to be in trouble. So when you talk about the woman stuff, the woman stuff is more selfish. The woman is about doing all the stuff that we teach young girls not to do. The woman's energy is set up so that, in nature, so that she can do all of the things that animals and birds and reptiles do. That is, first of all, the maternal instinct, which we call the moon, Mm -hmm. the pleasure instinct, which we call the elegant rose, because the woman is in charge of making sure everybody has pleasure. Now, how how did my mother do that? My mother gave us pleasure with cooking. She gave us pleasure with the way she designed the house. She had games that we played. She made sure that we we got to go out from time to time because, you know, my father, he's working and he's going and doing his stuff, but she's saying, well, look, these boys need to get out here (laughs) and do something fun every once in a while. So the elegant rose is dealing with pleasure, is dealing with all that aspect. So then you, you have this whole piece of what what is called the treasure chest, which is a whole money piece, a whole community piece, and then you, which, which in in the animal kingdom is called the nesting instinct. So when birds get ready to nest, the female becomes dominant, and she she basically turns the male into her little slave for a couple of weeks, and he has to really kind of help her gather these resources that she needs to nest and to get ready for these chicks that are coming. So. You know, we have this, what we call the treasure chest. Now, that is the instinct that women are, are expressing when they shop, and they love to shop. The The problem is it should be shopping for somebody else. The bird does not go out and get a designer nest and, and just have it as a showpiece for other adult birds to come and look at. 
the, mm-hmm. the birds shopping because there's some some eggs getting ready to hatch up in this mug. So mm-hmm. we understand the treasure chest, and then we have the seated hawk, which is really one of the most important attributes of a woman. It's her right brain nature that allows her to intuit the plan, intuit what really needs to happen. So the man is the ego looking up there. He's looking at what's really going on. He's looking at stuff that's in the real world right in front of him. The woman is looking at the hidden stuff that you can't see, that you've got to intuit, that you've got to, you've got to use a right brain trance kind of thing to pick it up and to be aware of it. So she's like also, she's like hidden. She's domestic in that she is like using the man as her agent or things in society, but she is staying still. She is like, okay, I'm going to be this this queen bee. I'm sitting up here in the in the, inside the colony, but everybody around me is doing stuff for me. So you've got these four things, and they they as you can see, they go hand in hand with the male attributes as they do in nature. In nature, you see, you know, a proud of lions. They have a way that they operate. It works or a pack of wolves or whales or whatever or gorillas in the mist. They got a they got a society that's divided into these same archetypes and it works for them because they know their place. Mm. Thank you. Thank you. Hold on, I gotta Yeah, you've been dropping them all night tonight. I haven't even uh I haven't even broke out none of the big stuff for you. Every question has then come up. You know what you done done to it? What? You you were picking them off. You were picking them off. (laughs) I like your sound effects. I love your sound effects, but I got to get that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I can share that with you because having you on the show and some people getting these answers, you know what it is to them? This is a dream come true. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's what you it are, is. Yeah, we try to do a little right. something. Uh, we do a little something different right. over here at Original Native Radio. Thank you, Ayana. I appreciate it. Thank you. I got a caller from, oh, man, my family's in the house tonight, y'all. Got some big heavy hitters getting ready to call in. Caller from the 607. Your microphone is wide open. You're rocking with the best of the original native radio. Who is this and how can I help you? <laughs> well, hey, 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 Coach K and Master Yao. This is Jason and Leslie checking in. And uh, we, we've we been listening all night. We, we weren't... Um, we try to sign in on the chat in a little bit, and now we're over here. But we've been with y'all from the beginning, and we heard the call that uh, we want to hear from the brothers. So I'm just here to testify to the, you know, the value of this information. Like people were talking about, you know, webinars. Um, when we first uh, got in contact with Master Yao a few years ago, we would drive through the night. Like from we live in upstate New York, and he was in Virginia at the time, so it was like I can't even remember how long would it take us to get down there, like ten hours or something. It was it was it was a good little haul, um, but you know the information was was so valuable. You know we we made that trek on um, two occasions, you know to to work with him in person. 
and we brought him here up here one time um, to give a presentation at one of the local universities, and they weren't they weren't ready for that. <laughs> Unfortunately, they they it was it was a little too much for them, but um, it was it was still good. So I just wanted to call in and and you know emphasize um, how much we've appreciated, uh, how much our relationship has has flourished since you know working with Master Yao, working with Juju Mama, and um, you know we're doing it. I, I want to shout out to Jason and Leslie. They they are, uh, are, are experts in their own right in sustainable living and 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 you know the the concepts of green living, organic living, and just really kind of getting back to nature. They are definitely doing it big in a real way. If you see his house, the brothers, you know, he's got his own electricity coming up there. <laughs> he's like he's like a Renaissance man himself. So coming from uh, Coming from him, that's a very high compliment, and I want to thank him. Yeah, we're all in good company tonight, you know. Like attracts like, and, um, you know, it's definitely, I would encourage everyone who's listening to pick up the books because the, um, you know, like Awakening the um, the Master Feminine, you know, goes over the archetypes, you know, the natural blueprint for relationships. Uh, really goes in deep. That was the first one we've got, and um, and you know um, you've got the science fiction book out now, um, the Oracle of Kemsen New, which you know brings a whole comedic and uh, you know Taoist and Tantra thing all together. And I, I was real honored to um, do the manuscript review for that project before it went to the editors. So. Um, The Oracle of Kinsanu, you know, you mentioned that. That is like my heart. I love that book. <laughs> it's the only um, fiction book that I've published. I've written others. That's the only one that I've published. And um, I just absolutely love that book because it's a story. It's fictional. It's fantasy, but it, it incorporates all of these concepts into the characters. You know, you've got characters in the book doing all of this stuff. And it comes to life in a story, but it's so cute and it's so, um, you know, it, it gave me an opportunity to really uh, just sort of do something that was fun. And and a lot of people, you know, got some, I guess, uh, educational value out of it too. But really, the main thing was I wanted to have fun with it, and um, I just love that book. <laughs> so I'm, I'm surprised that you mentioned it, but it's great. Yeah, and, um, I wanted to uh, go ahead, Jason. I was I just wanted to um, you know speak to the importance of of the gender roles and and these archetypes, you know, because for for me and Leslie, we really had to um, learn and to live these and put the work in to see and 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 to see that. Um, you know, even though, you know, we were we were good people, we loved each other, you know, we, we had some uh, you know, pretty um you know, stable upbringings, you know, it wasn't like no real crazy abuse or um you know, high high drama and trauma kind of things. I mean we had the things that, you know, everybody goes through but, you know, nothing uh, super crazy or anything, and yet we were still challenged in our relationship because of the 
lack of information that that's going on, you know, um, even, you know, around sexuality. And I, I was a very sexual person all my life. I mean, when I was in um, preschool, you know, little girls want, you know, want to come and kiss me. You know, and and I, you know, I like to kiss the girls from from an early age, and and was very very active, you know, and and um, you know, but in our society, that's you know, when kids do that, and and that natural exploration is, um, you know, is suppressed. The teachers, the parents, all you know, come down on it. So there's various things that um, that try to hinder that energy, and then we get to be adults and. We're trying to figure out uh, relationships, and we're interacting, and we're active, but there's still such a big lack of information. And I, and I thought I knew some things. You know, I read a Montauk Chia book. I knew some exercises, some some techniques. You know, um, the the women I was dating were like, wow, you know, you do this and that. But, you know, compare when I think back to then, when in my 20s, and now I'm going on 40, and what what I've studied over the years of Tantra and and Taoist practices. I I knew nothing back then, you know. There's so much, and that's why, you know, I really encourage people definitely um, get the books. Get the. I see Master Yao's got a DVD out there now. I was checking out his new website, which which is looking nice today, and um, you know, get get out there in person and um, put the time in. You know, just like you've done, Kair. You know, you've been years and years of study with many. Many teachers, many elders, you know, it's, 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 we're on a lifelong journey. That's the thing from, um, I remember from some of my greatest martial arts teachers who, who could um, do incredible things. Uh, they were like, I'm still a student. You know, I'm still learning. Last night, I didn't mean to cut your wisdom, but last night, Dr. Nardi from Symptometry, and I please hope everybody goes over and checks him out at uh, symptometry.com. Dr. Nardi made a quote last night that I may get a tattoo on my neck, and he says, research extends into infinity. He said, research extends into infinity. Now, he's a, he's a, he's, he's more of a food scientist. He's, he's spiritual and got some heavy quantum physics and all that, but he takes everything to the lab. But for a brother like that who's been in his craft for well over 30 years, and to say he just made a discovery yesterday afternoon. He comes on my show every Tuesday at 8. He was like, yeah, I just made a discovery today, <laughs> you know, dealing with a cancer patient. You know, and I'm looking at him like my eyes are wide open, like, oh, my God, you want me to study this? And he's like, yeah, and I want you to be better than me too. So, um, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, man. It it don't stop, and the more you learn, that's, that, that's the lesson you get is the more you don't know. And that's why humility is, I know my website says relaxation is the key, but if humility is the key would have rolled off the tongue as good as relaxation is the key did, I would have made that my website because you will not learn anything without the humility. You know, you got to put the work in, and that's how you would judge. That was the key in the ancient temple society to uh, getting information was you had to show that teacher that you were humble. Anybody who watches a martial arts movie and look at the 36 chambers, he tried to run the first day and go to the 35th chamber. And they were like, you know, get the hell out of here. Who the fuck are you? So the humility factor is such, I think that, you know, in, even in the rites of passage, even in Africa, uh, a lot of the older uh, elders in some villages called it curse the meat 
where the young warriors would go out and hunt, and the, he would bring it back to present it to the village elders, and it may be big enough to feed the whole village for you know for a whole month. And the village elders would look at it on the edge of town before he brought it back into the city and be like, well, is this a rabbit? You know, is, is that all you could catch? I mean, who did that for you? You know, and it was just to keep him humble, even though they needed that meat, you know, and, and they needed him as a as a hunter, but it kept him it kept him honest, it kept him humble, because as soon as he came back into town, into the village, he was celebrated. You know, his wife had all these good loving for him, and everyone was dancing and things like that. And the village elders had came to the conclusion that him coming straight into the village would often mess his ego up. You know, and he could, when you're hunting out there in a pack, you got to watch people's back. And if you if you don't have humility, um, you could get people killed out there in the jungle. And now we stay in a concrete jungle. And humility is just as important, if not more important, for um, keeping keep, keeping the family safe. So I definitely have learned that, that that is my faculty. I have been around some great teachers, and all tonight I'm just thinking, like, well, shit, what I got to do to get in y'all's class? Because I've always had admiration for him, and then now he says, well, anybody who's got EFT and puts this with it, I got EFT and a couple other little things up my sleeve. I really want to take my teaching to the le- to the max. And I've never had a teacher that says, "Oh, I'm your only teacher." You know, don't do this. I've I've had teachers warn me about uh, mixing modalities until I had a high enough uh, proficiency in them. Like you don't want to come in if you just started studying a six-week course, and then you took another two-week course, and these are two new modalities. I wouldn't try to mix them if I was you. But if you had some years in like uh, like Jason and years like Yao and uh, uh, my new friend Doc Vaj, she calls us uh, radical. What's that? Um, I, if she was on the line, I wish she would call in and tell me that word again. I know she's listening. Some, um, radical something. She said it's not even the conscious community anymore. She says we're just like radical learners that have got it from my own personal experience. And uh, ra- radical cognizant, that's what it is. We are radically cognizant. And you, I had to look up the word cognizant. And I think that Yao is radically cognizant. He's not conscious. I can't put conscious on him. That would be disrespectful. And Jason is definitely radical, radically consciousness. And, and Leslie, congratulations to her for attracting a Jason. You know, for her saying, hey, I'm going to do the work and is now paying off in big dividends, you know. So um, because Jason and Leslie uh, have a show here on Original Native Radio uh, first Monday of the month called um, WOTA, which is Way of the Alchemist. And so we can see that our circle of light bearers and light workers is growing in the manner that um, – that we need to, and I'm and I'm just honored to be amongst you all. I want to learn Bagua from Jason, um, as far as the um, you know uh, the I Ching Bagua, and I want to uh, learn more from Yao because I've had immense success with the little bit of training I've got from Yao with women, and that's and that was another reason too because I know some of them were listening, and Yao, I want to bring this point up real quick, Yao about um I had a sister recently who uh was not ex- who is not experiencing orgasm 
through penetration, through self-pleasure she is, through oral she is. And when we were doing some of the uh, table work, um, she felt the energy but became resistant. And kind of maybe this show may be in almost in her honor to let, let her know that she has to relax more, but she said she felt the energy, but her body was resistant because she had always associated orgasm with intercourse. And so now when the energy came up, her body or her neurons or the, uh, what was the word, the ditrons had started to act up. Can you speak on that for me real quick? Well, we have the issue with men on the table, too, resisting. Um, with women, the main issue that we have with them is the womb imprint. And so, you know, it's a serious piece. Because when the woman first comes her, on her menstrual cycle, not long after that, she goes through something that, that happens no other time in her life, and she desires to be penetrated by the alpha male. And the first three men that, that she makes love to energetically imprint her womb. And so for the rest of her life, unless she changes that imprint, she's programmed to attract energetically those types of men and if you take a composite mm. of these first three men, then what you're dealing with is you're looking at her womb imprint, how she has developed her feminine energy to, to, to work with men. And so if these first three men were jacked up, her womb imprint is jacked up. And a lot of women carry that for a long, long time. And so if you're 13, somebody may look good to you and they may be acting okay, but when you're 25 you know, you may you may realize that those three guys were idiots. But the womb imprint is still there unless it's been changed. <clears throat> so then when when we get to the penetration issue, if there's anything else going on, incest, rape, molestation, just just simple mistrust, then we have a womb imprint that really her current boyfriend may be at odds with. So the person who's penetrating her now He's working against an energetic imprint. And for her, it just may not trigger internally the things that it normally and naturally should trigger to arouse and cause her to come to orgasm because it's an energetic transaction. It's an energy transaction. And so a lot of times, you know, the table work begins to change that imprint if the woman has an idea that she wants to, if, that, if it's her intention to change it. And then, then as you begin to change that womb imprint, the woman then becomes available for orgasm. Then after that, the other issue, the second biggest issue after the womb imprint is PMS. And, and I mean, basically, you know, so many women are out here functioning with, with severe PMS. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, of course, that means premenstrual syndrome. But what I'm talking about, the fact, is that so many women have severe inflammation near that time of the month, and it does not go away for sometimes two or three weeks. So they're walking around with swellings and inflammation and, and tissues that are just not normal. And, and so stuff is pressing against other stuff. You have nerves that are pinched. You have stuff that's happening, blood flow that's choked. And the woman just doesn't have an orgasm because she's basically, her reproductive system for most of the month is traumatized. 
Now, she may be dealing with it. She may be taking some pills or some aspirin or whatever to deal with the pain. She may be, you know, having excessive bleeding that's causing her psychological issues and different things like that. There may be fibroids, may be an issue, this, that, and the other. But each month she's going through this mess, every month. So let's just stop and look at this. You know, she's out of sorts for a week before her cycle comes on. Then she's, she doesn't recover for another week and a half after the cycle is over. So she may have one good week during the whole month where she's basically kind of back to normal and the swelling and stuff has gone down. So this is the second biggest reason why so many women are inorgasmic. I mean, there's more to it than that. There's a whole energy component. There's a whole attitude thing, no doubt. But a lot of times when we simply deal with the inflammation, just the inflammation, and get the, you know, get all of the, the, the chemical chemical stuff, the biological stuff in a reproductive system natural, some women will tend to then start to have orgasms. And there's a whole lot more to it, don't get me wrong. I'm giving you the top two things. But, you know, um, if you deal with these two things, the woman can do it. If you deal with the womb imprint, you deal with the PMS, then the woman, you know, and the fibroids, the woman can then do it. Then the next thing is you throw it back on the man. The man's got to be generating some energy and stay erect for a little goddamn on time. Don't, you know, if, if, if you're, uh, you're lasting 10 minutes and you're out, the woman don't have a chance really kind of to get her act together. So she's, she's trying to get used to you. Remember, women are being penetrated. So just stop and think about it. Just as a man, imagine somebody putting a popsicle in your mouth, you know. It's like you don't want that popsicle to taste bad or whatever. Or you, it takes you a minute just to get used to the fact that the popsicle's sticking in your mouth. So, you know, with the man and, you, and you're pushing, you're getting into something, it's much easier to be, to be aroused. The woman needs some time to, to get used to all of this stuff. And so... I mean, the man has really just got to stay erect for a few minutes, you know, and, and, and don't do too much too early. Give the woman time to lubricate, to, give, to, to, to get herself used to it and get into it, to let herself relax, as you said, and let herself feel romantic. And I think uh, those three things, the womb imprint, get the PMS thing out the way. Then don't rush. Give the woman a chance to get her energy going. Some of these women out here, you know, they 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 don't have sex that often. But some of them, it takes them ten or twelve minutes just to get warmed up before they're even ready. You know, before the blood's really circulating and everything's going on. So I, I think that um, you know it's true. Now, you know, you've got this whole issue of resistance where the women are not receptive uh, because they've fallen into the cycle. And, you know, they don't know why they're in this cycle. They don't know, they don't understand why they got so much inflammation. They don't understand why they womb imprint, why they're feeling this kind of energy thing. And so a lot of women are resistant to men. They're not receptive. And and therefore, they don't have the orgasm. And, again, with the, the, the main way that you can break through that barrier is through the energy work. As the energy work. And that's really the, 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 the topical thing. Now, from a, from a technical dynamic perspective, when you're talking about techniques, if you're trying to get a woman after you've dealt with the basic stuff, 
if you're trying to get a woman to orgasm, the key is the G-spot. So if the woman is not orgasming except through masturbation and oral sex, then the first thing the man should be thinking about is to have a sexual position so that his penis is aimed up to the roof of the vagina and he wants not to move it too far back and not too far forward, but he wants to be stimulating the top, the roof of the vagina, and he wants to send energy up there so that her G-spot comes down. Mechanically, the G-spot is not inside the vagina, in these little 16-year-old girls it might be, but basically the G-spot is a teeny tiny penis about the size of a dime. And when she becomes excited energetically, it protrudes down inside the vaginal cavity so that the penis can make contact with it. The G-spot is like a major Grand Central Station electrical nervous system thing so that when the G-spot is inside the vagina, it's waking up and sending energy to the whole rest of the vagina. So uh, it's like it's multiplying by 10 her her feelings and her, her the energy that she's feeling and the pleasure she's feeling. So once you get the G-spot to come down far enough, so the penis can make contact with it, it wakes up the whole vagina and it makes orgasm so much more easy because if the G-spot is down there, the clitoris is like 10 times more sensitive. So between the clitoris and the G-spot, you know, basically she's got to go, you know, if unless, you know, she's really just really trying to hold it in, you know, 15 minutes of activity and the G-spot's down in there, she's going to be gushing. That's just the way it's going to be. <laughs> got, she got to be. She's got to. She's going to start gushing, and it's going to just. It's going. Some dams are going to break, and you're going to need some kind of pads or something because it's going to be all over. Boy, thank you, thank you, thank you. Now, I got another caller I want to come on about radically cognizant, but with that in mind. So many women who have not been who have been non-orgasmic for so many years are coming in with only that as an objective, and they're laying a lot of pressure on men for performance-wise. And the man's not educated; she's not educated; he's not educated, but she wants him to make her squirt or make me come and all of that. Can't uh, is it healthy for her to do all of this work? only because she wants to have this major orgasm um, and she denies or doesn't look at the responsibility to take this energy and heal men after she start, uh, learns her own particular power. Can you speak on that, y'all? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm divided on that, on that topic. I'm half and half. So half of me is saying just on GP, on general principles, Every last man over 21 should be able to get the woman to orgasm just for the sake of her having pleasure. Because let's just stop and think about this thing. If you were a man and you couldn't ejaculate for five years, they'd have you in an insane asylum someplace. (laughs) (laughs) So you just stop and think about some of this scenario where, you know, women haven't had a good orgasm, a good vaginal orgasm in five years, that's that's grounds for insanity and shit. So, you know, I mean, definitely uh, that's not a good that's not a good look. Now, when you're getting the orgasm from masturbation, any man knows 
if the only way that you ever have an orgasm is you got to jack yourself off, that's not good. So when you when you look at women, the other thing is, you know, if you're relying on oral sex, you got to have the man that that wants to do that. Now I'm not against oral sex, but a lot of men aren't doing it. So and a lot of men don't know how to do it right. So if you're relying on that kind of stuff, that's that's like a tough scenario, a tough spot to be in. So I, I think that that men should give women pleasure. I mean, because basically, I mean, I think we all deserve to have pleasure. Now, okay, this whole performance piece, um, I'm I'm, I'm kind of like on the fence sort of halfway with that because. I think what happens is when you put all of this performance pressure on men, it makes them perform worse. And it also is like a, um, you know, it's really not an acknowledgement of, of male energy. It's really not acknowledging or validating the male energy when you're putting all the performance pressure on the man. But um, I guess if I had to make a decision, it would have to be a case-by-case thing. I think that... Um, if 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 he has no options, if he if, if if he doesn't have any money and he doesn't have any options in that he, that he doesn't know anybody who knows this technology, if he's like isolated and you know he doesn't have internet access and he doesn't can't take any classes or workshops any you know, but if the guy is a guy who's trying, if his intention is to please you and he really is wanting to do that and he he's really trying to please you and he's just it's just not happening for him not because of his intention then i think the woman has has got to be, be kind of you know she's got to take another look at this whole performance piece so I, I, you know part of me is saying yes and a part of me is saying no and i guess my answer is it's got to be answered on a case by case basis i mean um i think men should perform i mean I just that's just my my personal feeling about it. It's not no natural law or nothing like that. But personally, I think that that's 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 the whole male thing is to perform and I don't think that's pressure. But you know, mm. so if the woman is receptive then I let me perform, you know. But at the same time I remember I, I think I was like twenty five or twenty six and I had my first issue of impotence. And I was like, you know, that was shattering. I was like, why is it working? You know, the sky is falling. And see, y'all, the reason I say that is because the numbers is on Viagra's side. If that was the case, that there was no pressure, Viagra would be out of business. Seattle's wouldn't make any money. So, so, so since they're a billion-dollar industry, the industry of male enhancements, Helping helping men perform, and the people who buy Viagra are between 25 and 35. They keep saying it's for older men. Hell no, it ain't. Right now, the numbers is between 25, 35, and maybe 40 is buying up this Viagra, making spending billions of dollars, not to come and see y'all, but to pop a pill. So if men don't, you know what I'm saying? So I'm, I understand that, yes, the performance, men should perform, and yada, yada, but the anxiety, and we also know that stress can cause impotency. So the number that Viagra is putting up, to me, is proof is in the pudding 
that you know what I'm saying there is some there is some pressure there. I'm not saying it's undue. There's a lot of, but, a lot of pressure there. I'm telling you, when I was 25 and that happened to me the first time, I'm telling you, it's like the sky was falling. I was like, I had this big old cutie pie. I had to do a lot to get her in bed. Finally, get those panties off. <laughs> not working. That's like no, no, Mister Bill, not that, not now, anything else. But you know, um, I, 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 I say, okay, if you're just going to go out and get the Viagra and stuff, I don't know. I mean, but I guess that's what a lot of brothers are doing. No doubt, we can't. I can't argue with you on that because it's true. I guess. I just feel like, you know, you got the Internet now. you got so many more options. If the man's got enough money to buy by Agra, I mean, all you got to do, man, is get out here and check out some of these websites and stuff, and you can figure out that there's other ways that you can deal with that. The, the real thing that's happening is, is diabetes and high blood pressure and, 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 and um, this stuff with the pancreas. I mean, the, the medicines that they're giving brothers today, it's messing up your libido. The high blood pressure medicine, man, just messes up your testosterone. The diabetes stuff, the medicines, and, and the fact that it, it messes up your blood circulation, it just takes the, all those valves that close off and give you that rigid heart on it, it messes them up. So a lot of these brothers, it hits them, and they're just not prepared psychologically because they didn't expect it was going to happen. And they don't know. Hmm. Nobody's telling them that the diabetes will do it, the high blood pressure medicine will do it, and if they have trouble from drinking all these cokes and stuff with their pancreas, that they're not making the amino acids, arginine, and the and the and the other stuff that's precursors to testosterone. So you're drinking all that corn syrup and it's screwing up your testosterone, or you're eating all this chicken with the female hormones in it, so it's messing up your testosterone. The young brother just don't know. But at the same time, I don't think we should reward men for ignorance and for lack of trying to get out here and find the answers. I mean, um, I just I just do not believe that, you know, we live in a world where if you have the slightest bit of curiosity about your sexual nature, that you can't find out some stuff. So mm. I just, I just, I'm saying, okay, yeah, but you're learning how to sell drugs. Ain't nobody got to tell you how to do that. You're learning how to get a job. You're learning how to buy a car. I can go up here and ask you about this music, and you can tell me when they made it, what studio, blah, 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 and you know all hump, what kind of car this is and this and the other and, and everything else. So it's like they, they can play Halo video games for six hours until they get to level six, and they can master that, and they can go and research and find out everything about the Halo game, but they can't find out about their sexuality. What's up with that? I just I, I I I I hear what you're saying, but I just think brothers can do a better job. Myself, I mean, it's just hey, like I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. You brought that damn PlayStation, that damn Halo in, boy. You stepped on a whole bunch of damn heat with that. God Almighty. That's why I said people got to stick around for the after party on Original Native, y'all. Y'all, you got to come back, man. I mean, we got six minutes. I want you to. T uh, you still got to, because people in the chat room are like still bugging out, and they like. They want to hear more. They want you to do a small recap of how they get in contact with you for the class. I, somebody told me, and I said I promised them I would ask you for that, but 
I definitely got to have you back. Maybe as soon as next week, damn it. You know what I'm saying? Because this is a hot. I mean, like I said, everybody's on that same date. I know you don't. Um, I know astrology. I'm not saying that you don't do it, but it's not one of the things that you talk about a lot. But that weekend date of April the 21st, so much stuff is going down. So much stuff is going down. And then the aspect of Saturn being in Libra right now and retrograde is humongous to all this work that all of us are doing. Saturn is the part of rules, regulations, restrictions, karma, contracts, dotting I's and crossing T's. But it's also the teacher. He's the supreme teacher in crystallization. And Libra is the sign of relationships. And it takes him 29 years to travel around the Zodiac to get back here. So what we're laying down right now and the choices people are making tonight, tonight, yesterday, last week, are going to determine their sexual propensity, pleasure, bliss, and healing for the next 29 years, y'all. Now, I'm not saying that you're going anywhere, but neither of us are spring chickens. And so, and and we're still exploring what we know. The brothers who are sitting on the couch playing Halo, I do not think that they want to be uh, putting that down uh, as what they want to be doing for the next 29 years. I think they better get up off their ass and try to get to this course in Baltimore and start learning something. What you think? <laughs> you got me laughing here. I'm trying not to burst out laughing so I don't mess up the whole radio piece, but. Uh... You oh, know, no, this I'm is just, original. Just, That's what we call it, I'm, original native radio. So you got to be yourself. So you see something funny, you know what I'm saying? Let it out. It's called original you know, native. Holding their PlayStation things and all stopping and looking at it like, what did he say? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I mean, come on now. I mean, we got people that can, 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 I mean, they can do stuff, man, with computers, with PlayStation, with these cell phones and stuff that you look at them and just, like, amazing. So why can't they... Get an app for these these courses and stuff. You know what I'm saying? I mean, why are they going to go? I mean, Viagra is expensive. Let me tell you right now. I mean, that stuff is like. Well, not in the streets, y'all. If they can find weed in the street, they can find Viagra. It's twenty dollars a pill. If they buying, they'll pay twenty dollars for a blunt. You know, I still.